Hi, this is Nick Dragata of East of West, and you're listening to the 11 O'Clock Comics Podcast. <laughs> Perfect. I like the little lip sounds going into it. That was the best. I actually heard your lips parting. It was the best thing ever. Well, that's because I put, put my lips where Tony told me to put them. Oh, he never bit. does that for me. I make him just crawl around blindly. Yep. So it hits him. I don't care if your knees are burning. Uh, as long as the lights stay off, you're good. Yep. <laughs> I like the lights on. Of course you do. Yeah. Ain't no shame. Not at my age. Nope. No. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we were having that conversation the other day. It's like, isn't it weird we don't really care anymore? And it's, <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, we don't. You know what I mean? Like, when I was younger, I would be very concerned with the way I was perceived or the way... Uh, mm. and what the, the, the way my words would connect with people. Now I really don't give a shit. Same. I have enough shame to last me... For through my whole life and into my afterlife, so I'll I'll pick up the slack for you. Okay. In the beginning of this thing, I was like, God, why did I say that? Or Jesus, I should have said this instead of that. And I would I would hammer myself and and flagellate over and over between episodes. Like, oh, I should have done this. I came off so stupid. Like last episode, <clears throat> I got Immortal Hulk wrong. It's in the fucking title. And I'm like, yeah, the Hulk's trying to commit suicide. It's in the title. <laughs> I just don't care. I don't care. And. We're glad that you care enough to listen to all this stuff because this is 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 727. Damn. Oh, boy. And I am Vince B. Whew. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. Indeed you are. And I, have, I have, of course, am everyone's favorite member of ASAP Worldwide, ASAP 12 <laughs> All right. I need some kind of translation. Uh, ASAP, well, the ASAP Worldwide is the label for the ASAP Mob, which is the collective that, by far and away, the most famous person is co-founder ASAP Rocky, aka you may remember he got pardoned by by the Trump. Oh, um, okay, okay. But but I, I but ASAP Twelvey, he's got he's he can spit bars and nobody ever talks about him, so I'm going to yeah. shout him out. Nice. You're not uh, yeah. You're not ASAP sixty ninety. You're Jason <laughs> Wood, everybody. And do we have a mouse? Oh, I hear something in the background. It's a puppy. Oh, who is this? Them stray dogs. Hey, everybody. It's me, Tony Fleece, your favorite fourth chair, sitting in for the evening. Oh, and what do you do? I forgot. Oh, I'm the, uh, the writer of the smash hit image comic, Stray Dogs. Uh, and I draw my little pony comics and Rick and Morty comics, and, and y'all know me. Still same old G. Yeah. Susie from the block, right? There you yeah. go. Well, we're Susie. glad. To shut up. We're glad you're here on this episode sponsored by our patrons. Yep, it's true. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics, one one, no apostrophe. Everyone that is a patron for our show elevates. The entire listenership. It's a wonderful little um, mechanic. Jason invented it, and we thank him for that. But uh, if you're a patron, 
and you decide to throw a little bit of Skrilla our way and you get stuff for doing that, one of the things you get is extra episodes, multiple episodes, six, sometimes seven of them a month. Uh, you get to be in on the ground floor on major decisions concerning the podcast. What are we going to read for book of the month? I don't know. Patrons are going to decide because they're pulling the strings. They are our Geppettos. If you want to be one and make Jason dance like a pretty little monkey, go to patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics and just see all the stuff there. Jason's bombarding the feed with comic original art auctions. It's really cool. Yeah, comic link featured auction going on right now. It's nuts. It's crazy. And if you notice, I got to put some covers of the day up there because I missed a day. And that's that's on me, right? That's why I had to have your back. I know. Double up today. It's true. Smash. Was it yesterday? What that I missed? Yeah, uh, probably. Yeah, could have been today it was too. Crazy yesterday. Don't yeah, sweat. it was. It was nuts. I was watching the, the meter on Stray Dogs, and I was like, yes, yes, yes. And so I, I, I didn't have my eye on the prize. I'm sorry. I, I finally had somebody today uh, tweet at me and just say like, uh, <laughs> "Bro, it's, it's it's a lot with the Stray Dogs." <laughs> I was like, "All right, <laughs> go ahead, mute me for a couple of days." It's gonna Seriously. Be did, did, did yeah? Did, you should have said, "Get out of my spotlight." <laughs> it's my time. It's a five issue miniseries, bro. Relax. Yeah, it's gonna be like this for about five months, and then it'll go back to just regular me complaining about stuff. Nah, I don't think come so. Out, come out DMX and Jarrell. That's right. <laughs> oh boy! By the way, Vince, this is your chance. This comic link auction to um, I know you've been waiting. You can finally own a Frazetta because one of the cheaper ones is going this this time. The disagreement. It's uh, it's it's only three hundred fifteen thousand right now. So. Yeah. Well, if I had Kirk Hammett uh, money, I would buy one, but I don't. Yeah. Yep. What's a Frazetta disagreement look like? Oh, it's really nice. Uh, it looks like a Conan-esque dude with a Viking helmet on and awkwardly holding a battle axe behind him, ready to chop a native enemy oh. that he's holding by the neck. Yeah, I got it. Just having a little disagreement. Yeah, it's a little disagreement. A little beheading. You got that new whack-a-mole keyboard installed there, Tony? I got this new wow. mic, so everything. For as much as he doesn't get, he doesn't get caught up on the, the when he screws up during the show. He is now absolutely anally retentively sensitive about like <laughs> noises, positioning. It's true. This motherfucker, I thought had no shame, but I don't. Just Please, pushing somebody, up everybody somebody else. Slack us, like, which one of you is moving your glass? <laughs> <laughs> no, just erase something on a piece of paper. Like, why are you rubbing on the desktop? That's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. But anyway, I'll try and be better, Vince. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you having me here. I don't want to mess up. I'll just do, I'll do my best. Um, I am drinking because this is the part of the show where we do the drink roll call. Uh, I'm going to be very um, well. You're going to be disappointed because I'm drinking black and tan because it's all I have. But right, I, nobody's disappointed about that. I as have, in Ying, yeah. as in Yingling, yeah, 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 we're disappointed. Oh, about that. right, yeah, and but I have four of them. That's not any better. Sorry, yeah, it's four times worse. That's just, right, exactly. I mean, I was almost waiting for you to say um, drinking decaf because of no. the way the shot's making you well, feel. I, I was really not expecting. Sorry, black and tan. Tony's here tonight, so I had to play for dinner and go to Hobby Lobby to pick up some supplies, or. Mm. <laughs> 
to eat some of that barilla pasta? Now, see, this is the deal. There uh, we my man. This was brought to our house for uh, an occasion, and I'm just figuring, I'm finishing up. I didn't buy it. I'm just drinking it. Was the occasion a cross burning? I think it was. I think it was. <laughs> Did the guys in the white sheets drop it off? I think it was. <sighs> so, yes. Indeed. Black and tan. Well, All the colors well, of the people they hate. Okay, that's true. Um, well, I am drinking some delicious English breakfast tea. Mm. Good for you. Stand sticky to your guns, there, Jason. It's gonna be good for your voice. Silky. That's right. Yeah, it's coat. It's it's like throat yogurt. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm fine with it. It's just I I was under the impression that that was Monday's drink of choice. So that yeah, it was, it was. But honestly, I worked out like not even an hour ago, and I just couldn't bring myself to pour the wine. So it's no pressure here. Yeah, we don't need any sort of booze to have fun. That's right. right. Thank you, Tony. Yeah, you bet. Bunch of helians. So why don't you guys? There you go. Oh, uh, I'm having Basil Hayden's, but usually I have it in a coffee. Right now, I'm just having it in the rocks. And I'm probably have a coffee next, uh, but I'm going to pour some bullshit whiskey into it uh, because I realized I was Thank just putting you. expensive whiskey into coffee. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Me and Ray real... are so happy right now. You don't understand. <laughs> I was living a real baller lifestyle, just pouring diamonds into my coffee. Oh my God! Every time you said it, I, I it was a cringe. I was. I hope like, you at least take your your diamond grill out of your mouth before you drink this. Yeah, I don't want to get coffee or booze on the grills. Right. For real. <laughs> Plus, it doesn't sound good on the microphone. Vince already scolded me about that in the pre-interview, the yeah. Patreon section. <laughs> that, that was, could we call it the foreplay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, well, like like Tony, um, I mean, I've had this over the years, but I've never actually had a bottle in my possession in my home. And uh, so, in honor of Tony for tonight, um, when we ran out this evening, uh, picked the five guys for dinner. Don't, don't get excited, Vince. And, um, <laughs> grabbed a bottle of, uh, Basil Hayden's Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey from my damn self. It's the only bourbon with a belt. I love this bottle. And, yeah. it's, um, it's, it's incredibly tasty. I'm going to try not to finish the bottle. It's sort of like Colossus, right? Like it's got that. Yeah, best, best thing, and then it has a belt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Vander just got hard. You yeah, it is. We're gonna we're gonna please everybody tonight. <laughs> we we know what the Patreons like. Yep. <laughs> Bro, get the nomenclature right. They're patrons. <laughs> you can call them whatever you want. It's, it's what does he care? <laughs> Friends now forever. He's got all the stray dogs money is rolling in. He should become a patron. Let's talk about it. Boy, oh boy. Yeah. I don't think we should focus on that. You know, you don't have to talk about my money necessarily. Right, right. No, that's exactly what I mean. Yes. Listen, people know. They know how it goes. My man's finally got a hit on his hands. This is good news. Yeah, it's been real good. I don't know actually what the money is because this is my first image book, so I don't know. Like I've heard anecdotally what to expect. Uh, but then it's always different for different, you know, you know, like this, this little expense comes up or this little thing. So there's no way to just put like a, you sell this many books, you get this much money because printing costs different at different times. Anyway, I don't know what it is, but it's good. 
Well, either way, in case our listeners haven't seen the news, it already we are because we do get the image. We are part of the image PR machine. We did get the official like a whistle press release earlier today announcing that it was rushed back to print for a second printing because the first print was a straight sellout. So congrats, my dude. Nice. Just in case you're skeptical, this isn't one of those ones where we printed a first printing and a second printing at the same time, <laughs> and then you get like a PR bump later. Like this is a for real. Like, oh, we sold out. <laughs> you want to do another one? So I got that email like yesterday uh, at like noon. So then we had to sort of rush and put that cover together uh, for for this morning. So it's nice. been crazy. Does what image get the same flat fee like per printing, or is it just per issue? I would guess so because it gets a new diamond number. Okay. So I would su- I would suspect they get that fee again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully people buy a bunch of that second print. Nice. I mean, I, I assume they'll sell pretty okay. Like uh, it's, it seems like it's it seems like it's going good. People seem to like it. It's it's been real crazy. Like we we discussed it earlier, but it's just like coming from doing stuff that people are just like, that's nice, buddy. You know, good job. <laughs> 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 I'm curious to see what happens with that. <laughs> yeah, to to people just being like, "Whoa, shit, man!" So it's it's crazy. I got one off. Awesome. Feels real good, and the reception has been, uh, you know, exactly what I hoped for. You know, we talked about it the whole. We don't have to talk about it for a super long time because we talked about it for like an hour and a half the first time. But uh, you know, it's such a weird concept. Uh, like a, a serial killer story mixed with cute animated dogs uh, that to pitch it to people, it, it's always like, oh, man, I guess so. You know, like that seems interesting. Uh, but just to see people see the proof of concept and see like, oh, this is what it is. And for them to be into it, like it seems like they've been into it has been super cool. You know, like it's just like, you know how you try to tell somebody something and they don't quite get it until they get it. And this is like people getting it on a on a very large scale. So yeah, that's what yesterday was. So it's cool. Yeah, it's amazing, is what it is. And you know, we were kind of joking on the pre-show that we've seen you swing for the fences so many times, and it's not a lack of quality in your work, and it's not a lack of trying. It's just that sometimes you just need that one little thing that cracks the the egg a bit and then you know then you pop out right uh yeah. I, I think this is your you're cracking the egg this is the thing that's going to reveal to everyone what we already knew all along i hope you're right thank you uh like i think all of my ideas are equally strange you know like they're all just a little bit off kilter because i'm not interested in spending time on something unless it seems original to me or different or you know like the kind of stuff that i'm into is the stuff that's that uh is like off kilter and so but this one just happened to be like the right kind of off kilter where it's just like everybody can get down on that you know like it's strange but it's strange with two things that people are generally into universally you know dogs and 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 murder yep i mean look look how much mileage um they got out of uh hack slash which has not always been great right but still had a readership had a, had a base where because of the concept you know uh daughter of a serial killer now i'm gonna kill serial killers like people can wrap their head around that right right yeah and, it's the, it's the, it's like you're looking for a simple thing that people just go like oh shit why didn't i think of that you know? right like, yeah and for me i always compare it to 
like for my whole professional career, I've been jealous of Steve Niles' idea for for thirty days a night. Because I just been like that. What a perfect fucking idea. He was just like, it's vampires in a town where it stays nighttime for a month in in Alaska. It's just like holy shit. That's the greatest idea I've ever heard of. You know, and and I've always. It's not like I'm like actively looking for that idea, but this one feels closer to that sort of thing where it's just like, oh, this is a thing you can immediately understand once you see what it is. Right. I think the horror film uh, movie poster pastiches uh, covers was a really smart idea because it just cements the whole uh, crux of the the storyline, right? Uh, The Silence of the Lambs was so nice. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it distills the concept. And I... uh, you know, I think I said last time that I was hesitant to do that because, like, the artiste side of me is just like, Ew, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I see so many of these homage covers, and I've done a bunch of them for for work, you know, for ponies um, or something else, and and but this one, I was just like, oh, this is, you know, like it's could stand on its own two feet, um, but once I, yeah, once I thought about that in that way like this will distill what this thing is without having to like go through all the explanation of it it made a lot more sense to me and then i sort of got in like i got way into it where it's just like oh we could do a ton of these yep so we, we did a ton of them the carry one's great too i mean i've seen a bunch of them they each one is 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 better than the the next it's so good i'm thinking about changing the carry one before because it's it goes to print uh like next week uh but do you think the letters on that should be orange or red because in the the file I was referencing, it looked red, but then every other one I see, they're orange. And now I think it's orange. Hmm. Interesting. I'll have to take a look Get at it. Me. Yeah, I would. Yeah, if if uh, in keeping with the past, if you think it's orange, like I don't even remember to tell you the truth, what color the letters are on carry are. Uh, I would say make it as close to the original poster as you can. Right. Yeah, with ones that are that old, I can't tell if I'm just looking at one that's faded and one that's better preserved. You know. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, I got Fangoria uh, almost the whole run. I can look it up for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I mean, I think just looking at the IMDb cover, I'd say it's orange. Okay. I'll go fix it up tonight before I I do taxes, before I go to bed. Wow. (laughs) Aren't you glad you asked? I am. (laughs) (laughs) So what's up? How you guys been? Doing all right. Chilling, we've man. Been read, we've been reading books besides besides my books. Just your book over and over again. You made that commitment to me, and I appreciate it. And I am glad that you've stuck to it. So I yeah. just wanted to come up. Thank you for honoring that. Yeah, yeah. I do have a question, though. So yes, five issues, right? Yeah. Um, yes. because of the popularity of the book, um, is there a a desire to maybe fix or change some things. Uh, like I don't want to pull uh, plot out of out of you or or you know uh, spoilers or anything pertinent to the title, but I'm sure the story is done and it's almost it, it's finished, right? Uh, we're halfway through inks on the final issue. Right. right okay. So say it gets really popular. Right, yeah. uh, really, really popular, extremely popular. Each issue mounts, and the and the numbers go up, and everybody's loving it, and it's the buzz, and you're just like, oh shit, 
when you find out that, you know, when you're reading the, the, the commentary on the socials and you're like, wow, they're really getting into it. Uh oh. They got a little <laughs> bit too into it. <laughs> maybe, yeah. you know, maybe the culmination of the thing isn't in line with what the, the reader base wants. So I'm just like, is, is that a, a danger? Is, is there any worry about something like that happening? No. Okay. I mean, I've had the, I've had the story plotted out pretty tightly for, years and then and cemented for for months and months and months um and i'm like i'm not a generally confident person i mean i know i come on here and i sound uh to be very you know charming and erudite yeah uh but but in general i deal with just like self-confidence and shame and all this stuff so when i when i'm confident about something i'm confident about it you know because I'm just like all the holes that I would have poked in this, I'm not po- like I've poked and I've figured it out, and this is what it's supposed to be. So I definitely have confidence in this thing. Like it, and especially with people like in the first issue, uh, I'm just like, oh, if you like this, I mean, you guys read the first three, right? Like, yeah. it gets yep. better, you know. Like, yeah. if you like number one, get ready because this is for you. You know, like it's going to get better and better. And number <clears throat> four and five. Uh, I think are the are where it really takes off. So we'll see. Now, I, of course, everybody's um, reaction to the thing when they hear the concept and they see the first issue is like, "I love these dogs. I don't want anything to happen to those dogs." Mm. So part of me is just like, "Oh, <laughs> that yeah." That's kind of what I was getting at. Like, um, it's a horror movie, right? 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 <laughs> no, no, you know me, man. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to be swayed by popular opinion or whatever like the story is is what's important and i think that when people stick it out and see the whole story they'll be like oh you know they everything they made all the right moves or or as close to all the right moves as possible awesome well i have confidence in you but you know when when you get a bunch a vocal bunch of people who love your work and want a particular thing yeah. it's kind of hard to stick to your guns because uh which I, I i admire like even when you said about the covers like i don't know if it was the right thing to do but because it reinforces the concept you went with it like that's uh, much respect for that because you know dynamite right <laughs> they'll put a cover yeah. out with anything on it just to have another cover and yeah you're you're not i don't think you're milking the format i think you're you're using the format in a very inventive uh novel way which is awesome yeah, it's. I mean, I'm sure other people have done similar things in, in so far as like this gimmick also informs you about what this thing is, right? Um, but a lot of the times you see it, and it's just like it's the gimmick, you know. And so when people would say like, "Oh, you got to do like, you know, Clockwork Orange or Jaws or you know, just like other posters that are iconic," it's just like, yeah, it's not really what the thing is, you know. And right. we skewed a little bit from like serial killer movies to, into just like horror movies in general. Um, but I feel like all of them still sort of tell the story of of what the thing is. Did you do a Dawn of the Dead one yet? We almost did uh, for the second printing, um, but it's just difficult because the the text is yeah. like it's hard to get the text right, and then also like that dog that that dog head would have to just be so graphic. Yeah, um, and like it's such a stark contrasty thing that just like I don't know if you can do the cartoony. It was one of the ones we thought about, and it was just like I don't know if we can do it. Mm. So so we did the. The second printing cover is the promo poster that we sent out to to comic stores, 
uh, and we just sort of rearranged the dogs on it a little bit to make it work as a cover. Uh, and I, I think it's pretty nice. It's sort of our, uh, we call it like the VHS cover version because it looks like one of those direct to VHS <laughs> sequels that they would do, you know, it's right. like all soft and, and fuzzy and yeah, it's, it's sort of fits the vibe of the thing also. Is, uh, is Trisha Har a fan or a fan of those movies or did, did she get a script and be like, yeah, I, I'm not comfortable drawing this or how did everybody happy with everything? She, uh, she, no, she's not a horror fan, uh, but she just liked the story so much. And she sort of saw the vision when I described it to her that she was like, Oh yeah, we could, like, this sounds great. You know, like she's more just a fan of a good story. And nice. so, and, but she's not like she doesn't like go. I don't want to draw this or like. Right. Oh, this is tough. You know, like she's a pro, so you know she's great at it. Uh, but yeah, she didn't bring all the like the horror um, baggage that I brought to the thing, where it's just like, oh, we can't do this because somebody already did that, or you know. Uh, she's just sort of uh, she's bringing the animation side, and I'm bringing the the horror side to it. And even I have insane imposter syndrome when it would like even calling myself a horror fan is just like i don't even have a a leather jacket that has a a horror poster you know taped to the back of it or like you know those you know those guys you see like the black t-shirt gang you go to a horror convention you're just like oh (laughs) these guys think i'm a poser so (laughs) but you know like I love horror movies uh, and 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 horror fiction, and so I'm I'm bringing as much of that as possible to this thing, um, but not in a referential way. It's not like we're doing you know sleepaway camp with dogs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the ending would be awesome. Even though that's what Vince suggested on the last episode. Hell yeah! <laughs> Everybody wants to see the dangly bits. <laughs> exactly. Yep. And do you guys get that reference? Did you ever see Sleepaway Camp? Yes. Okay. So you know what we're talking about, right? Ending. Very problematic. Yeah, a little bit. You should do a basket case homage. Oh, I can get I can get you Frank. Hen and Lauder. We, <laughs> we almost did a, a brain dead. Um, this is a funny story. The So you saw the, the Blair Witch Project one that we did? Mm-hmm. This yeah. dude... Uh, this dude named Stan Yak drew it as uh, a, a retailer incentive cover. And we sort of went back and forth on the design of it a bunch because at first they were like, hey, we want to do uh, a brain dead cover. And th- for those of you that don't know, that's the one where it's like uh, a woman holding or somebody's holding a woman's mouth open. And inside of it, is it is it a skull? Is it like a, a, a skinned head or is it just an eyeball? I can't remember. No, it's up. not just an eyeball. No. It's, yeah, it's like a it's like a skull or like a zombie inside of yeah. her mouth, trying to trying to bust its way out. So, but it's just like somebody fish hooking her, just pulling her cheeks back. And they're like, "We want to do this." Uh, and I was like, "I guess so," but we don't generally do stuff where the dogs have to use their hands because it looks cartoony, you know. Like, and the dogs in our our comic, although they're cartoons, they don't like pick things up or use their fingers and stuff, you know. Like they they're dogs. And so I was like, I guess probably you could push the side of their cheeks back with their paws. So I give it a shot. And then he sent me a sketch, and I was like, oh, this is a little bit different. You know, like, I'm not sure. And then, uh, but but we sort of sketched it and fixed it where it was like, okay, this could be the brain dead thing. You could do it like this. And then they sent it back to me, and he had come to the conclusion that uh, that the paws didn't work either. But So he just replaced it with, like, this... Uh, 
uh, like a S and M clause, you know, like or like a, a <laughs> dentist's clause where it pulls the side of their mouth back. Nice. So it's fucking just Sophie with like this crazy Hellraiser shit in her mouth, pulling the side of her mouth back, and then like a, a zombie dog inside of her mouth. And I was like, that is fucked up. Like that's <laughs> that that's way beyond what we're doing here. Uh, and so I sat there and I was just like, hmm, cause it's finished, you know, like they sent me the finished thing and I was just like, boy, oh boy, I don't know what you do with this. Uh, and, and it's another artist, you know, like we didn't draw it. So it's not like I can just be like, you know, fix that or whatever. Like I never met this guy before. So I sat there for a little while and then we constantly are looking at horror posters. Cause so many of these retailer incentives came in that we had to sort of have like a, uh, just like a pot that we could choose from, like, oh, this one would work with dogs, or this one, you know, like Texas Chainsaw doesn't work with dogs, Suspiria doesn't work with dogs, but this might. And, right. uh, and then I looked at the Blair Witch one, and I was like, huh, it's just the top of a person's head. So I took it in Photoshop, and I just pulled that drawing down and cut off the mouth and was like, yeah, you could just put the trees up there. And so I sent that back to them. I was like, let's just do this. And they were like, oh, perfect. You know, like, solves all these problems so when you see that Blair Witch one in actuality like the bottom half of it is just like this horror show where where like it's just ripping this dog's mouth open very shocking very different from the vibe of the book uh, you still have uh, digital files of that original image <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll I'd, share it with I'd you like to see it yeah <laughs> it was it was a real uh, it was a real head scratcher of a situation where you're just like oh boy because like artists I know I'll just be like fix that you know like I worked in the studio with guys and I was just like yeah let's fix that uh, that's wrong or whatever but you know strangers you don't know what their temperament is like or right. what, how their ego is or whatever so I had to approach it very delicately so it was like a and mouth just... speculum like for a mouth it was like exactly. oh nice yeah. sweet yeah very <laughs> very <laughs> messed up like a completely different vibe than what the thing is you know <laughs> yeah uh, that's awesome. <laughs> we got other we got other stuff to discuss though tonight too. I feel like, uh, like the stray dogs, uh, like it's impossible that we could do much better with the stray dog. Like it's it's been quite a run. But uh, you we were hustling, man. Right? Yeah. We uh, while I was working on stray dogs, you guys want to talk about this? Hell yeah. So while I was working on Stray Dogs, uh, I was also drawing My Little Pony Transformers and then just My Little Pony and then also uh, uh, Rick and Morty, uh, this miniseries that's coming out right now called Worlds Apart for Oni. Uh, and while uh, I was drawing that, I was listening to the show. And on one of the episodes, I heard David talk about uh, his aspirations to, to ink comics in a way that I hadn't heard him talk about before. Where I was just like, oh, he really was, you know, like, I didn't know how, like, how much it meant to him to have to have gotten his his brush in on some comics. Uh, and I happen to make comics for a living. So I just hit him up. I texted him and said, like, hey, man, uh, do you want to ink a couple panels of this thing? I happen to have, com you know, like I make comics like that's easy. <laughs> 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 like it seemed like you know like when you're when your friend says something and you're just like oh i got two of those you're like you can have one of those no problem uh, it was a situation like that like i had all kinds of panels that need inking and if he likes to ink like let's get this going so in rick and morty worlds apart number three which is in previews right now uh there's you'll find the debut 
uncredited debut of yeah. a brand new inker, David A. Price. Uh, and I'm I'm super psyched about it. Like I think it's super fun. How uh, about I, that, people? <laughs> we made news. We're breaking news. Mazel tov. Got <laughs> celebrations to the left of me, celebrations to the right of me. Everybody's doing great tonight. Right. How many Everybody's... times did you have to redo it, Tone? <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he, just, I'll just fix it. Yeah, that's it. He's just he's like, yeah, all right, I'm just going to redo this. I'll paste <laughs> over, over this panel. You know that with the jam squares. But we... Um, there's uh no when i when i received that text it it completely blew me away because at first i'm like part of me was just like i'm not i don't want to um like this is serious this is like professional work like you're supposed to be doing this and and getting it out and i don't i i didn't want to you know it wasn't like an indie project where you know you're getting a bunch of people together and uh you know we're all just gonna like work on something and publish it and sell it at a con for whatever and who cares and this is big doings it's a licensed property and 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 you know uncredited or not it's like you know i didn't i didn't want to risk um well ruining anything for lack of a better word and and um but then i i quickly just thought that the chances of this ever happening again are pretty slim. So if I can take advantage of the situation and, you know, you're not here for a long time, here for a good time. So fuck it. I, I figured, um, what do I have to lose? If anything, if it, if it's not up to snuff, I basically, I didn't want to give Tony double work. And I told him that I'm like, you know, I, I don't want to do something handed into you. And then you're like, Oh, I could have just, fucking ink this anyway like it's just like why why do you even bother so i just that was my main concern my worry was that i just didn't want to make more work for tony and um but you know he, he gave me the panels and i checked them out and i slapped them into because i don't obviously i don't have it's not that yes there, there was a time there was a deadline, obviously, but uh, and and I didn't have the actual physical analog tools to work with. So um, this part th- surprised me. I thought, sure, like you were going to get this thing, print it off on Bristol board, have an ink pot and a Sable Seven, you know, like a Windsor Newton, and just really get to work. And you did it in Procreate, right? I did it in Procreate. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I, which is I, what I draw it in. Right, and and that's and I mean, and that's what so many professionals are are using that's that's basically the app of choice and um so when i got the the, the ipad pro a couple of years ago uh it, it, it was one of the first apps i bought and i really didn't do a whole lot with it at the time and then i just started kind of messing around here and there and then you sent me the text and i was just like well then time like the present but i if 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 something like this i would like to and 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 vince is you know beating it into me as well and yeah i would like to i mean at least with um so i was chatting with mahmoud about this and and if even if i just you know a little while uh, practice each day just you know messing around with the different digital brushes and and getting a feel um for things because i know my hand isn't completely steady so um i think i'm kind of like i obviously yes there's a the, the is a tactile difference, but I would like to improve practice, make as many mistakes as I want digitally so that I'm not 
making a mess and, and wasting ink and losing it all over the place or, or messing up pages. And then I'll slowly, I'd like to work my way um, to paper. But no, I mean, I, I, I threw the file in, into Procreate, worked on it a little bit, and um, and showed Tony at first what I was doing. And then I think, because you also sent the... Um, the pages leading up to it and, and the work that you were working on. So um, I was able to get yeah, a feel so for could... how it was supposed to look. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and yeah, and, and I sent it to him and, and um, you know, fingers crossed. And, and I told my aunt, of course, who, <laughs> and, and, and my aunt, who's a lawyer was like, okay, so are you getting paid? And of course I had a big laugh about that. And, and, and we, 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 we enjoyed the moment and uh, and also told my dad, and uh, so I have to buy them. I have to I have to get issues for them, but it's. Uh, I will happily pay you the percentage of that page that you did. I think I have <laughs> sitting here on my desk. Three cents, but only press money is not the. Uh... <laughs> yes, I've heard. I have heard that actually. That and uh, I think IDW because uh, well, but, but it's. Um, yeah, I, I uh, and, and I was it. So I think I, I, I got you, got the files back to you around Thanksgiving or at least before December or so. And uh, and that's that's kind of how it happened. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I thank you so much for giving me the chance to, to to be a crusty bunker. Yeah, man, you don't have to thank me for that. I I just thought it was so cool that that like because uh, I I literally did not know. Like, whenever I hear that somebody aspires more than normal, like, I assume that everybody reads comics, uh, thinks a little bit about, like, what they might do, you know, if they had a shot at making comics, right? For sure. But then when I hear somebody that, like, extra aspires, I'm just like, oh, I didn't, you know, like, that's a problem. Like, Jason said recently that, like, he was, he aspired to write stuff. And I was like, I had no idea, you know, like, you always struck me as somebody that just, like, was proud to be just sort of like a, on the outside and and like observe things or read things and sort of have opinions about things, but I didn't, I, it, it didn't occur to me that you wanted to make stuff. Um, like you said, though, I think it's I think a lot of a lot of people that are as into creative arts as fans, like we are, have some aspiration. But it's always a question of is it more um, like a romantic aspiration, or do you want right. to put in the Practical. work to give it? Your, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and. Where so much of my like I've been doing a bunch of interviews for Stray Dogs this week, and where a lot of my idea from Stray Dogs came from was where I saw somebody do th- something and thought like, oh, this would have been better if they did this. And you guys look at stuff so much and sort of like do reviews of it and analyze it that you've, your heads have got to be bursting with like, oh, it would have been better if they had done something more like this or you know like the, they zigged, I would have zagged. Uh, and so I just thought it was an interesting opportunity. Um, and also, like, we're making a big deal of it right now, but it was literally the least I could do. You know, like, <laughs> like it's a two panels, uh, but it it was cool because it was just like, here, try this out. You know, like, see if you dig it. Um, and I'm oh, excited to see if you can find it. Yeah. You, it. Yeah, like, what was it like? Oh, it was, I mean, once I, I there was, there was some, I, I, I guess trepidation. There was there was a little bit of wasn't hesitation. There was there was definitely a sense of um, you know before I put the the apple pencil to the screen, I was like I just don't fuck it up. But then I'm 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 like this isn't 
there's no reason, especially since it is digital and, you know, control Z exists for a reason, but since there is a, um, there, there really isn't anything to get worked up about. You, you can do the best you can. And just, I, I, if, if you would give me this opportunity 20 years ago and, you know, so, so you're, you know, 12 years old doing your comic book and, and, <laughs> and I would have, I would have had so much shit going on in my head and, and, but now I'm almost 50 and I'm just like, I'm like, I don't, if this works great, you know, if, if, if I can do this great, it's something else I can, you know, just tick off. If I, I, I can make a loaf of bread and I can make a couple of panels in, in a comic book, I'm happy. And, yeah. and, and that's kind of just that, that was the approach I, I, I ended up with. It, it just, it wasn't again, if I was younger, this would have just been, I, I would have put a lot of unnecessary pressure on myself. And, and that's, that's silly. So these are things that obviously come with experience, but, or age, but it's, it's, um, it was weird. It, it, it really was. Cause it was as I'm doing it, uh, cause my, the girl who used to cut my hair, she, she got me into, she got my wife and I into Rick and Morty. And, and so I told her about it. She's like, that is just, I mean, and it, and it blew her mind. Cause you know, you could tell somebody, it's not as you know if if you tell somebody you know you're doing something for a Rick and Morty comic and they're a Rick and Morty fan and you don't care about comics or anything that that's cool that you know you're somehow associated with it but once you start to maybe explain what it is you're doing you can kind of tell their their eyes are glassing over it's like I don't know what these terms are it's like what the fuck's an egg? I don't so it's it's just it's it's cool and it's great um, but I just I really I just I I. I finished it and I was just like, that's, that's cool. Like I just, this is, I, even just for me, I kind of, I'm like, I, I, I made a mark more or less. So I'm like, I'm, this is, I was, you were was here. Absolutely fine. Yeah. No, I was, I went, when, when, there, there, again, there was a little bit, a slight, um, a little bit of worry at the start, but, but once, once I got going and, and just worked on it and I went back to it and then I, I, um, I noodled around a little bit more, but, but it was the one, once I got into, into the zone, into the groove, it was, um, it, it, it went off really well, but I had, I, I had an absolute blast. I mean, yeah, it's sort of, it felt like a bucket list thing to me, you know, like where it's like, I could easily give you this thing that you could cross off, you know, like, and if you want to do more, you can try and do more. But if you're just looking to say like, I did it, well then, you know, you did it. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I dug that aspect of it. And, and also like, I like the idea of you being able to, uh, even though it's sadly uncredited, cause I didn't want to have to deal with those, you know, like <laughs> tell my editor, like, Hey, my buddy inked two of these panels. Do <laughs> <laughs> What's that credit look like? Yeah. No. Um, but, but I do feel like there's something about, you know, like you don't have kids, you got a stepson, uh, but I don't have kids either. And when I make these comics, I feel like I'm sort of leaving something behind, even if it's, you know, my little pony, like that's uh-huh. silly. But I think about, you know, like going through quarter piles and finding like Harvey comics from the, you know, 60s or whatever and just going like, oh, you know, when I'm long gone, somebody will be going through, you know, I don't imagine it'll be quarter piles. It'll probably be like aliens digging through the wreckage. No, <laughs> they'll find some bronies long box and just be like, who's this Tony Fleece? His name keeps coming up. That's great. You know? and that's something, you know. 
Damn, we're getting super. We're getting them in the feels all of a sudden. Talking about yeah. legacies and shit. My legacy. Jesus. I know it's and it's it's it was funny because um, Tony and I had something planned for the next time he was on for tonight. But um, while I was going through the that series, that event, there's a um, there's a page in in the red book where um, extreme studios is offering a talent search. And I remember seeing this ad. Yeah. But I mean, we're talking like 1993, 1994 and there was no way in hell. Cause it says talent search, pencilers, anchors, colorist, letterers, and then writers at the end. I don't know. Obviously it's not alphabetical. It just shows you where they thought about writers and at extreme, <laughs> but um, send samples, photocopies only of your work to extreme studios. If you meet the following qualifications, at least 17 years of age, willing to relocate to Anaheim, California. That's it. Those are qualifications. So, um, there was no way at that time I had the scratch to consider trying to make my way out to California after I submitted some photocopies of some rapidographed John Romita Jr. tryout book pencil pages. But here's what you find out like afterwards is that you didn't need to have the money for first and last and security deposit and stuff. You just basically needed like a Greyhound ticket and then you would have got out there and they have like this extreme studio flop house that you can stay in for two weeks until you make, you know, twelve thousand dollars. Yes, making, you know, like <laughs> eight chapels of blood strike. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. That that part was not in the ad. I was, uh, you know, I was younger at the time, but similarly, I would see stuff like that and just be like, "Oh, it's impossible. I can't just move somewhere." And the, and then to find out from people who actually did it, like, yeah, I sat next to Norm Rapmond at a convention, and he did that. You know. And literally, he was telling me about how he he moved out there. They he was you know like you've seen pictures of Norm Rapman and like those extreme studios thing. He's just mm-hmm. like a metalhead, just, <laughs> just looks like a total burnout. But it turns out he just moved out to this place as a kid. Uh, they put him up in a flop house, and then within like a couple of months, he paid a mortgage on a place. And within you know like at while he was at Extreme Studios, he fucking paid a house off. That's good. so. <laughs> it's so I'm crazy to think about it that is. time. And then I, I yeah, and, and then I'd be hanging out with uh, RT Baron Dan Fraga right now. So yeah, I mean, life is weird. <laughs> I don't think Norm's kicking it with them all the time. You know, he doesn't go. Uh, well, he, he, um, he, he, I believe he just inked something in the um, maybe the Generations Forge thing that came out this week. But he, um, his, his name came up. Quite a bit. Reason. Oh, I think he inked uh, Paul Pelletier on uh, Batman Beyond. But I mean, he's 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 yeah. He's a he's a big time like working inker. Like he's one of DC's yeah. go to guys for sure. Yeah. And that like that that uh, studio turned out like some of the best. In- I mean, you know, Danny Miki. Yep. For one, but like some of the best inkers in the business came right out of that place, just from them sort of like nurturing that environment and making it a feasible place to go make a living as a as a young person. You know, missed it by that much. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I mean, Eric Stevenson got to start there. It's people think of Stevenson as just the the suit that actually runs Image these days, but a very young Eric Stevenson got to start there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wrote he wrote a letter to Rob Liefeld about how he thought the story in Youngblood doesn't sucked, and Rob Liefeld's yeah. like, "Well, you fix it." Yep. Crazy. Oh, That's man. a person that I email with now. 
Stevenson? Yeah, not Rob. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the dream right there. Once you've I been, get tu- been tuning into Rob's observations? Oh, yeah, I listen, uh, you know, off and on. I'm a, a steadfast 11 o'clock listener. I'm a, a off and on 11, or a Rob observations listener. I'll, I'll tune in if it looks like it's going to be my jam or if it looks like it's going to be explosive. Right. Yeah, I like it. I, he's I, I guess it's I don't know if it's, I guess because he was uh, I've been trying to think about like if I feel like creators doing podcasts has become a much bigger thing. Yeah. And I, I, I assume COVID has something to do with that. Because that's what he says. Like, that's how he yeah. explains it. Like, yeah, he just needed some someplace to go and talk to people. Mm-hmm. That's clearly a dude that needs to go talk. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure his wife was just like, "We'll just go start a podcast or something," you know? Like, Jesus Christ! Don't you picture her as like a total introvert? I picture her as just like she's just fine listening. Yeah, <laughs> I like it whenever he's a listener. He, when he talks about her on there, he'll say like he was talking to her about something, and I was just like, "You were talking to your wife about the West Coast Adventures?" <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they went to Screech's funeral. Oof! Did, they, did she know Screech? Was she, oh, because she was on there, huh? No, she her twin sister was on there. Right. They were all three in the Parent Trap. That's how yep. I knew. Yep. Them. Yeah. When exactly. when that Youngblood issue came out, I was just like, the Parent Trap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a, exactly. Yeah, he put a ring on it, and she gave she gave it up. Yeah, man. The it acting career, out. I mean, she gave, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's not be crass. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. It really is nuts how much money they made. <laughs> like they made some like so much so that these guys. Well, I mean, like they basically still, in some ways, live off of it. Like, yeah. like they, you know. Well, and like people don't think about it. Like Scott Williams, because again, we talk about anchors. I mean, Scott Williams is so rich, dude. Yeah, like <laughs> he's made so much money in comics. It like be, I mean, because it's like people don't think about that. Like he. He printed money during that era. He has yeah. to be. I would. I mean, I don't know this to be true, but I would imagine he's the only legit inker to make seven figures a year in comics at one point in his career. Wouldn't you say? Boy, I mean, I don't know. I feel like there had to be a couple of them doing it back then. Also, how many books were coming out in a year? But they none of them are selling like image books, though. Yeah, but that. And if you were Marvel, Danny, you weren't Danny making it. Danny was probably doing it. Although I met Danny Mickey's wife. You know, they live in Orange County. I don't know how it all works. Yeah, I always, I always try and just sort of like see through the, <laughs> try and think, look at the matrix of what their money's like. You know, because I'm a nosy bitch. Uh, too, dude. It's hard though, right? Because like, because like they look normal. Yeah, you know, they weren't doing anything super ballerific. I mean, but Larson is the most fascinating to me because. McFarland's clearly spent and made a ton more money subsequent to his right because of the toys yeah. and, and he still works and does the covers and all that. Um, obviously, Jim Lee's been a, a senior level ex- corporate executive for a long time now, so he's he's making bank on that. Um, I know Rob makes bank because he just does the con circuit nonstop and just basically you know hawks his own. I mean, he charges eighty dollars to draw a Deadpool balloon on a cover on a on a comic book for you now, um, but Larson, dude, it's I feel like he just chills, like he makes he makes Savage Dragon, he's good, like he's yeah. he's good, and and like 
that's where I get fascinated about how much money they must have made because we know the sales numbers for for Savage Dragon. It's a labor of love. I mean, dude's not you know he's not he's not taking trips to Tahiti with that money. Well, like it makes enough to pay for itself and pay him like a like a little bit, right? But that's what I mean. But it seems like yeah. so, so. But he's not. We've we've met him at cons. He he's he's just sitting at a table, just signing, and and he's not like he's not hawking stuff. He's not. Yeah, he doesn't I'm do many to do prints. Yeah, he doesn't do many conventions. I don't think he has other gigs outside of comics. So, so then I'm like, well, did he just invest really well? Like, did he see the smart one and he took the money and he invested it? But whatever, it was enough that it seemingly has carried him for another thirty years. Well, he invested it. We know for sure in original art. You yeah, know, like yeah, but I don't think he's really sold. original art collection. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so interesting. I, I think his wife works. I don't know. I'm, this seems <laughs> yeah. this seems like a beyond over the line. But I yeah, I am fucking way curious about this stuff. Whenever I see oh, or like Val, like what's Valentino's deal? You yeah. Know? I, I mean, I, if we're on the, I mean, on the couch right now, I have to tell you, I think I think that way about almost every person I meet. <laughs> like if 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 someone pierces the veil of my of my ecosystem, yeah. I'm immediate like not like beyond to like oh nice to meet you or whatever i'll at some up. point start thinking about what what they're about and not like not just not principally like how, what what do they make but like how do they make their living like what's their deal what are their motivations I, it's just the analyst in yeah. me and i but i'm and, and so people that i'm a fan of where you can't just easily figure it out right like like no one needs to know why like you know like my wife loves Justin Timberlake. It 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 doesn't surprise me that he can drive a Bentley, right? Because like presumably he makes millions of dollars a year from music and and being an actor, right? So okay, you yeah. get that one checked off. But like yeah, but then like a Larson, it's like how's that happen? Like what's dude doing? You know, like is yeah. he trading Bitcoin? Is he like is he fucking like? I mean, what's going on there? Right? Well, is for his me, wife like, like his wife a neurosurgeon? Like what? Like what's happening? <laughs> For me, there's the added part of it is just like, well, how can I do that? You know, like, <laughs> I'm just like, how much I could do that much. And also, like, people that I like are ambitious people. And so I like to see how somebody's doing a thing. And if, if it means that they're ambitious or if I it like, you know, if they can just lay back on their laurels, then I'm just sort of like eh, less interesting to me. You know, like I, I like somebody that's that's hustling until I'm retired myself. And then I'll just only like calm people, I guess. But I have to have like same energy uh, in people that I'm, you know, like tight with because it's just like, like I can't identify with people that are that are relaxed about that shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Jason, I think you're forgetting a lot of the stuff that Eric Larson had his fingers in back in the day. Let's it, do it. No, do Savage it Savage Dragon. There were toys. Mm-hmm. There was the a cartoon. there was a cartoon. There was cards. There was I mean he made a lot of money at Marvel, right? And then he parlayed that into a career at Image. And I'm betting that he made enough on like to say the first couple years of Savage Dragon to never worry about money again because it was like a, a lightning strikes thing. There was it was a bubble that will never happen again in comics. Those guys were yeah. moving millions of issues. Tony knows what happens when you sell a few hundred thousand, right? Uh, these guys were selling <laughs> millions. A few thousand. Yeah. Yeah, no, the, not... these guys were selling millions of comics. Millions. Yeah. So, like, he he probably was smart enough to to not live like a rock star, like like his some of his compatriots, right? 
if you can buy complete issues of Kirby, I'm guessing he had a good amount of money in the bank, right? But he was buying those before. Like he couldn't buy complete issues of Kirby now. One assumes. No, but I mean, even back in the day, say even if you're you're paying like a couple hundred bucks a page, that's a, about ten ten grand, right? For uh, you know a, an issue, that's a, that's not scratch to to the average person. No, I think Eric did really really well back in the day. But you're coming at me like like I didn't say that. Like that was actually my whole point is that he must have done so well in that period that he's able to live to this day, basically not really having much. Right, not giving a shit because you see him at at conventions. He does. That's my point. Like that's crazy. Like that's crazy money. Right. Like like I my dad retired. You know, for a lot of people listening, know my dad was was a cop. He retired at forty nine, and I remember a couple years after he retired telling him how much he had in the bank effectively because he has a, a pension and he he does he was gobsmacked because i told him you know it's like he was early 50s i'm like you have like eight million dollars in the bank and he's like what the fuck out of here you know like he's like you know like, what are you talking about and I, and I had to walk him through like how the annuity stream of a pension works right and like how the average person could never retire at 49 years old right because they would have to have eight million dollars saved up to live the life he's you know what i mean and right. um yeah, so like you said, I mean, but Lar- but even, but it's not like Larson lives in South Dakota. I mean, he lives in, he lives in 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 the one of the most expensive places to live in the country. Right, more to the point. Yeah, yeah. yeah so so that's what that's my point. Like that's my point. Like they right. must have made dumb ass money, like, ridiculous like, amounts like, of money. Just like you can't even fathom it. Right, right. Number yeah. one, that wasn't coming at you. You, you know, well, you you'll know it when you, I come you, at well, you. you. No, you said you started your statement though by saying I think you're forgetting what Eric oh, Larson did, and I'm right, like, no, but no, that's my point. I mean, there was Savage Dragon everything at one point, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, I, and and he yeah, but like there weren't bed sheets. There was one line line of action figures. Like you know why George Lucas doesn't have to work, but yeah, like Eric sure. Larson, you're just like, well, I wonder how long that lasts. You know, and yeah. apparently it's forever. Right, like, like, and then it, like, if if we're right about that, like, if Savage Dragon and and its its moments in the sun with the cartoon and the like is enough that he doesn't, then it does start making you think like, how much is fucking Rob made then? Right, like, like, yeah, because I mean, yes, he doesn't get the same per like unit income for creating Deadpool and Domino and Cable, but like, he still gets money from that. And yeah. like they, you know, and 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 the movies, he still gets paid for the, like, like, so I mean, and those characters are ubiquitous, right? But I think there yeah. was a, a good chunk of time when Rob was not on the skids, but he was not in a position financially as um, secure as his fellow Image founders. Right, because right. remember right. he was he, he was young and dumb and blew a lot of the right, and yeah. he also tried to grow his own extreme to, to a point where it, it it but it was just throwing money you know into a, a fireplace right. basically right, and those he, guys he took, he took more swings like he took more chances yeah. right right, and they were paying um, from what I read image page rate back in the day the during in Ridiculous. the bubble was very yeah. very good yeah, yeah like there were guys going to image just because they were like they could make. Hundreds of dollars a page, where at yeah. you know the other guys they were paying about what about one hundred and fifty a page. What was Stephen Platt was like twelve hundred dollars a page? Yeah, it was like stupid amounts of money. It is, yeah, like wow. Yeah. But I, you know what? I yeah, hit me plus back end. Well, he's got to be able to afford that, all that ink on the page. Well, sure, shit. but it, I would just that's, I was just going to say that Stephen Platt's Marlo Equalisa's job. He's worth twelve hundred dollars, I think. 
right? Oh, <laughs> oh yes. I mean, it's... <laughs> yes. His artwork per page is worth $1,200. Come yeah. on. Splat's worth 1200 bucks a page. Easy. Yeah, you right? could. I mean, you could make a profit on that for sure. Chap, yep. I'd give him $4,000 a page. You would not. <laughs> no. Or no, I would not. There's, I mean, there's... It, Regarding Williams, I mean, he, he wasn't just inking Lee. He was inking Wills. He was inking basically anybody, or at least maybe mentoring others, um, like Danny Meeky, maybe. No, Meeky was, was mostly with, with Rob. But it, it's, um, yeah, it, it's it's insane that um, to see, and, and I'm glad that names that we saw back then um, was still getting work today, like, like, well, like like Ratmond. Obviously wherever Lee goes, Williams is gonna be. And 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 what's great is is you know, when you see Jim do sketches or a penciled Jim Lee piece, it, obviously you can see that it's Jim Lee, but but it really it dawned on me um Gary Martin wrote a um guide to Aiken Comics book that uh, Dark Horse published and he had examples from um williams rudy nebris mark farmer um dave stevens a few folks and you could actually and 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 it was so apparent seeing seeing scott williams ink steve rude just like it is with with terry austin or mark farmer um or um uh danny Miki, you could see what what Williams actually brings to the table when 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 he inks Jim Lee, and he does. He's got he's got that unique style, and there's a little extra some extra lines that he puts in, and he did the same thing with Wills, but because um, for the longest time it was like Burning Austin, like if you saw Lee, you saw Williams, and it's like they just they, they were joined at the hip, and you know I wasn't sure where Jim ended and 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 Scott began, but um, well, and you get I, to see that too, like. You definitely got to see it with Byrne when he started inking himself, and then now you can see it when Jim Lee inks his own stuff. Like, yeah. well, that's what the Jim Lee looks like, and when Scott Williams does it, that's when it looks like what you would consider as Jim Lee. Like, yes. if you were to describe it to somebody, like, the classic Coke version of Jim Lee is the one where it has Scott Williams on it. And then yep. the, the sort of, like, different stuff is when he does it himself, which yeah. is interesting that somebody could be so symbiotic you know that their essence is not just them; it's them and, and the other person. I think the best anchors are invisible. See, I don't know. I don't because when I think about invisible anchors, I think of like Al Milgram because he he does, and it, he doesn't necessarily. I mean, I, I I agree with you to a degree where yes, the best anchors are invisible because they're not. Um, they're not overshadowing They're not the pencils. I mean, I mean, Klaus isn't invisible. Of course not. Yeah. No, no, no. Williamson's no. not. Invisible. But he's also, but he's also one of back in the day, at least. He was also yeah. one of the better anchors. Out right. There. Well, and that's he, because the the pairing became a thing. The the anchor penciler pairing with that 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 two headed beast that grew out of the need to have pencil artwork darkened for print. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Back in the day, the the best inkers were like Mike Royer, who mimicked Kirby to the point where it was almost like Kirby was inking it. 
right. himself, right. you know? And then you get yeah, the... Except ep- for, but, like, you can tell if it's a Mike Royer versus if it's, like, a... Joe Sinod or... Joe Sinod. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. God but, forbid. Yes, we're not Yeah, we won't say the name. But I, I think one of the absolute worst thinkers of all time, a phenomenal artist, I would give an arm for him. But the things that Alfredo Alcala did to John Basima was, if I was John Basima, I'd be like, wait a minute, this was my game. Disagree. No, that I love, I great. love, I love the pairing of the two. But if you are, co- if you, if you get a job and you're a penciler and you're, you're steering the ship and you got a guy coming in like Alfredo that's totally Holding your artwork down by the neck and fucking it in the ass—that's that's a that's a problem. Was who was going to ink it? Like, do you think? Oh, I'm just, sh- like surprise them and like surprise your art looks way different now. Well, I don't I don't know what it was like back in the day. Like, if John had any say over who inked him and who didn't, right? But I don't think John gave a shit to be honest. With you. Right, right. But if <laughs> yeah. you if you look, the, I mean, I really don't think. He, as you know, he, he really he pretty much yeah. hated his life. Right. He drew he drew out of necessity to pay, pay bills, not because. But he loved Alfredo it. came in there and he just totally made that art his own. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. That's why people are always when they hear me say I'm a Buscema fan, they're like, "Oh, you, you got any of that Buscema Conan?" And I'm like, "Nah, it's not. That's not my thing. I mean, I, yeah. I, oh, it's I not." I would kill for a page of that. No, I know you would, but it's for yeah. me. It's not the thing. I, I want, I want, the, like, I want the Buscema I saw on the page in all those Marvel comics all those years. That's that's what I want. Right, right. right. I want that Tom Palmer goodness. Exactly. Yeah. The Buscema Prime. And there's, I think, there are definitely. It, it's like when 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 Klaus and Gill on that uh, What If or even in those Daredevil issues. It's like I never imagined. That pairing ever existing, and then I found that what if issue in a back issue, Ben, and it fucking blew my mind. Because when I think, obviously, you think of Gil Kane as is a certain style, but when Klaus is going to ink him, it's you can still see Gil, which is fantastic. I love that, but it 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 was it was so odd to see Klaus inking him of all people. I Burn is somebody who I feel benefits from an inker. I I think, and I'm not saying that because oh, an inker will bring him in. I just think that he. And when you think about, especially Carl Kessel, but you know Dick Giordano, Al Gordon, Jerry Ordway, I mean, and, and of course Terry Austin, but he's had some fantastic anchors, and I think, I think he just gets uh, armchair quarterbacking. I think he gets a little wild when he anks himself. And um, but that's the true that's the true vision of what John Byrne does. John Byrne inking himself is the best scenario. I'm not saying it's the best to look at. But if you like John Byrne as a, an artist, the best version of John Byrne is John Byrne inking himself. Yes, there's, there's no middleman. Right, right. No, I, I don't. I don't disagree with that. I just, I mean, look, it, this is all, you know, for aesthetics. What I, what I would prefer if I had my druthers, I would like to see Byrne inked by Kessel for eternity. I would like to see Davis as as great as Davis and and Paul Neary were together. Davis doesn't look better. Than he does when it's Mark Farmer inking it, and and I I think you know it's it's Bill Reinhold and and Ron Garney. I I think Reinhold did a great job with Garney. I know Garney likes to do his own thing now. A lot of it is mostly you know dark and penciled, but um, I liked their run on Amazing Spider-Man together. I I think um, you know I don't think Ramita Junior and Klaus are a good pairing. No. Ramita Junior and and Jamuni or Dan Green maybe, but it's it's um I don't think anybody in Klaus is a good pairing. I think crazy. Yeah. Wow. Back, that back is, that is 
That is <laughs> incendiary. No, nah, hold me back. He's too overpowering. He he just takes command. Do, he doesn't. He's great. Okay. <laughs> okay. Awesome. I mean, wow. So, is Sinkevich too overpowering? Oh, that's a pretty unique voice in comics. Um, but the, he and Cowan do some amazing work together. I don't think. Yeah. See, I, and I love Dennis. Dennis on his own, or Dennis when he, you know, inked by Palmiotti with Milestone and whatnot. I mean, Dennis Cowan is fantastic. Dude, like Norton for a while. And yeah. and right and and you can still see, but but Sinkevich doesn't try to erase the pencils. He doesn't try to say. I could tell I you know stories, what? my friend. Yes, you can. Yeah, I know you could tell me about. But I but 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 thinking about you know the the Vic Sage book, thinking about the question, thinking about you know recent things, thinking about that Deathstroke annual, I still see Dennis on the page. It's yes, Bill is Bill is obviously present, but Bill isn't Bill isn't doing a Klaus to it. Right, and, 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 but he is—he is a commanding I, 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 presence. Disputes Klaus is heavy-handed, particularly in his later career. But you can't dismiss Klaus out of hand and be the fan of of Dark Knight that you are, Vince. Like, oh no, I'm not. I I just think Klaus is very Frank, very heavy-handed. But Frank, and Frank I know what David's David's going to say. What? What? Frank didn't approve of everything that Klaus did on Dark Knight. Frank, right. he, 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 he did a lot. Yep. Yeah. Now you look, I know you're going to say what you're going to say, so just save it because I know. You look at Dark Knight and you look at DK2, DK2 is much closer to Frank Miller than DK1. And I know there was a stylistic change in between there, but still, it, it, he uh, Klaus came in and he just ramrodded through it and Frank's like, the fuck? Yeah. Like, that's not what I intended for that panel. And he re- I guess and he what re-did. I'm saying, though, is that, is that the... The thing, the artistic creation that is DKR that holds a special place in the pantheon of comics. Yes. One would argue on the Mount Rushmore for many people of stories or comic works and ever. The thing that when people evoke that in their mind, they're evoking the Miller Jansen. Absolutely. Because that's all they have. Right. Right. That's all that's there. But that is, but that combination, you keep trying to dismiss it, but that combination is what's magic and why people love it. And why it's in the Pantheon and why that art is the most expensive comic art that you can pretty much try and buy along with Watchmen. But, like, but, but what David and I are saying, a lot of those panels that are attributed to Klaus Janssen were re-inked by Frank. Right. Well, that's a whole nother – there's a whole art, original art collecting uh, controversy over all of that, by the mm-hmm. way. Uh, why? Actually, no, no, no. I'm saying like of of – pages that were not touched by Klaus and those that were. And there's a lot of dispute over which is which and whether Frank is being truthful sometimes Mm. uh, and whether it should affect the value, so forth, so on. That's a whole, Ah. there's like a whole thing of it. That's a sticky wicket. Yeah. Yeah. How do you know? Because Frank's probably not in his right mind. You know, how does he remember from back then? I, I don't know. I don't know. Not I mean, guy doesn't have to be not in his right mind to not remember 40 years ago. Right. I can't remember what I had for, for dinner last <laughs> week. <right>? Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was trying to total up like how many of a, of a certain uh, series I drew, and I was just like, well, it beats me, man. And that's been, you know, in the last 10 years. So, But that's so admirable that you've produced so much work that you forgot what you worked on. That's amazing to me. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, that's not I, admirable. It just means I work a lot. 
No, oh, that's like, great. Your work ethic is is very like much respect to you. Right? I always got to say I'm amazed at the recall many of you have for your work because I, I see all the time like people will post a commission on Facebook or something like and not saying on my own I'm saying like someone will share on a group and then the artist will be like oh I remember doing that and it was like 12 years ago and I'm thinking really like you like haven't you drawn like a thousand commissions since then you you remember this guy's commission wow really? yeah I guess so I guess if somebody showed me a piece I could sort of piece well, you together would know like, it was your own you would see it yeah. right and be like i know that's mine i can tell it's real but that doesn't mean you remember it or that you remember drawing it yeah i, I would have something for them i think like if anybody showed me anything i could come up with a little bit of something although i could not say like oh this was from that show or or whatever but i could i would have some detail like oh i was thinking about this or you know how many mermaids did you end up drawing <laughs> in the 20s uh, i haven't heard from him in some time i priced myself out yeah, I was going to say you got. He had to move on. Yeah. I got. I got a price. I have. Has, a, he had other people do like pick up the baton. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't know if he had people do specifically mermaids for uh, certain months or certain holidays and stuff. I don't know if he if he kept that project going because I feel like we did most all the major ones. That was a fleece vintage um, project. I'm going to give you a freebie, he, Tony, right now. Yeah, your next book. Yeah, sperm. <laughs> all right, spermaids. <laughs> What from what you see what I do makes you think that my next book would be about spermaids? It come on, it rolls off the tongue. Futinari mermaids. Mermaids with penises. Spermaids. I feel, I feel like you're you're hoping you're talking to a different person. <laughs> I, I think Vince, you certainly are if you're if you're low key trying to uh to try out for Tony's uh business no, development. No, I wouldn't I don't do think that. you're feeling miserably. You're hoping that I'll text you and be like, hey, no, man, you want to dude, that spermaids. I'll do a David Price on you. Dude, that's hot. That spermaids is hot. <laughs> Tell me if this is, uh, Jason, if this question is out of bounds, uh, because me and Max were talking about this. Uh, when you, uh, Max from CheapGraphicNovels.com. Oh, Max. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Dude, who don't you talk to? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Amazing he has enough time to draw. Seriously. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. I'm a, I'm a social butterfly. Uh, when you say that an artist's commission rate is too exp- is like out of your too high for you, oh, what yeah. are we talking about? What's too high? Uh, and it, and it, I assume it goes from artist to artist. Like yeah, I was going to say it, it, it's right. It, it is it is as much a mental spectrum of what I think an artist's rate is versus other like uh, switching costs, right? Like like so it's it's not like oh x number of dollars I won't spend. Um, it's more, well, they cost this now and I could get, I could get art from this or this or this artist that I love too for that price. So I'm going to do that. Um, but that being said, so yeah, I mean, so I have to say like, you don't have to use like specific names or you can use, yeah, I don't want to use specific names. I don't want to blow people up, but like, well, (laughs) it's a complicated question because a, a lot of the reason you hear me say that is because as you know, I kind of get a hard on for being hmm. known for, as someone who who gets art from people before they blow up like that's the yeah. fun of it for me is, is finding up-and-coming artists and commissioning Discovery. them yeah yeah and so and obviously so i love when they blow up and and their rates can be much higher because i want to see them succeed but because i likely already have a piece or two from them i'm not going to start dropping a g on their pieces you know i'm not going to drop 1500 on a piece like speaking like, of which hold on let me pause for one second. Uh, I'm not going to say who, but a friend of mine this week revealed that he owns a David Cho 
painting from back when back before like David Cho blew up. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and he's just like, you think this is worth anything? <laughs> I have all David Cho's um, uh, small. Yeah, I have all the comics and the small press stuff. And those are worth something. Yeah, yeah. Slow sorry, jams I didn't is. Mean to fuck up your flow. No, slow no, jams I... is worth a good amount of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we could put some names on it, like again, because I don't think it's like how to turn. There, like I, I commissioned. Uh, no, I, I won't put the name on it, but I, I commissioned someone, um, the, a very well-known artist. I think we all like like his work for what at the time I thought was an expensive amount of money it was six hundred dollars, and this is years ago. That person now charges twenty five hundred for a commission, and I, I just I, I can't I could regardless of my station in life, I couldn't see that because while I never, as you know, I've never bought art worried about the resale value. Right. Like, and, and, but, but that said, we also need to acknowledge that commissions don't really have resale value, particularly commissions of Domino and Phantom X. So, (laughs) so like, you know, if, could I see a situation where I spent 2,500 on a published page from a book or by an artist that I adore. Yeah, sure. Because the market has told me repeatedly that at worst, I'm going to get my money back someday for that. Or my, you know, my wife and kids will if I die. Um, but spending 2,500 for someone to draw me my 500th domino. I mean, that's a, that, that's a pure indulgence, right? Like it's just, and, and for me, that's a, that's at a level that I just don't feel comfortable. Now, all, it's funny that you're bringing this up now because um, as Dap knows, I just recently, agreed to spend two thousand dollars on a commission for the first time ever so um but that's a special situation right that's it that that's it's alan davis i'm getting an alan davis commission and oh, and, yeah. and so for him for him or for walt uh, during covid alan davis and walt simonson opened up commission lists for the first time pretty much ever um walt almost never draws at all he'll do like quick sketches for people at cons um alan does do commissions at cons but they're generally limited to head sketches and pencils. So they both opened up full figure inked commission lists for the first time because of the pandemic and being stuck at home. They both were $2,000 for a single figure, uh, 11 by 17. And I was offered spots on both lists. And I said no at the time, because I thought oh, I'm not spending $2,000 on, you know, it's, and then I instantly regretted it. And then a few months later, they both, start the the those that got them started posting them and I started seeing them and I thought what was I thinking like I think of how many commissions I commissioned subsequent to saying no to those two guys and how much more right. it was than four thousand dollars and like how much happier I'd be to have those two pieces than the 20 that I have which I like right like I'm not saying I don't like what I got but it's like so fortunately uh Alan re-upped he he did he's doing another salvo so I was like I I can't not I I have to do it. This is still, this is Dap knows I have tried to get an Alan Davis commission at cons like uh, 15 times and I, I never can. And so this just seemed like a no brainer for me. Yeah. And as much, I think as much as you like getting them at cons, you prefer the, the quality of an at home commission. Uh, Cause like you can tell the difference, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, I don't like getting, commissions at cons now um except for jam squares right because there are exceptions i mean you're actually one of the exceptions where i I know you'll actually put in the work like at the show like you'll 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 be at your hotel putting in the work but i think because of the nature of cons and 
the momentum and the social aspects, I just think you're, you're setting. You're more often not going to be just when you've when you've gotten enough commissions that you can you you're picky. You're going to be more than likely disappointed. I think. In yeah. That, in, in a convention, yeah, in a convention piece. So there was your we there, there was your art minute. Yeah, uh, yeah, Tony. I think it's David Chow. I I was just I following think it's Chow. Uh, really? Because I used to say Chow, yeah. and people were like, "No, nah, it's Chow." But I don't know. Whatever. Interesting. I'm gonna, well, we're going to look it up afterwards. Please, yeah. Because he's on YouTube, and I think he says Oh, nice. Name. Good, 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 good. You know what? You were um, wanting to talk about something, and I have images in the gallery, so I'm not going to waste them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I pulled them. We don't have to go deep on it, but you wanted... We sure don't. No. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 not a very deep pool. Is it possible to go deep on this? I don't know. I mean, I feel like I could now after spending so much time with this and and spending time is right. This fucking thing takes forever to read. It does. It's a, it's a chore and a half. Uh, and I just remember loving it so much as a kid because this came out when I was, it came out in 93, right? Yeah. More or less. 92, yeah, 93. September 93. So I'm 14 years old. So I'm exactly this age, Damn. you know, like, this is what I'm supposed to be looking at. And it was perfect for me, except for blue and yellow. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and blue and yellow was uh, was was the better, better produced, better thought out. Issues. That's where the story lives. Yeah. 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 But uh, I got so I got Go ahead. I got to say, I think uh, the pra- the prologue's ridiculous. Well, I mean, it's, it's it's good or bad. It's got, no, it's, it's set it up. It, but it's ridiculous because it's like. My, we're talking about death we're weight. We're going to talk about it. Yeah, for sure. My it girlfriend's died. Crazy way to start a crossover. A it is insane way to start a, a intercompany crossover. Like it's so wild that they were like, "Hey, let's do. Uh, what if we did this?" It's outrageous. Um, but, but yeah, we're talking about Deathmate. Uh, and are you like who all is familiar enough to? Get, I know David uh, read it along with me. Oh, I've read it. I reread it. Most of it. Some of it. Okay, <laughs> I read it back in the day, and I got to sure. about black this time, and I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not reading this again. <laughs> yeah, so it starts off, Vince. You want to say what what happens because it's so wild. And this is the ridiculous part that um, Solar Man of the Atom, um, yeah. his girlfriend Gail, uh, he's keeping her alive artificially. It's decades and decades and decades in the future, it's like 2069 or something. Yeah, right? and and she's just not feeling the way the world is moving she doesn't like what's going on she's tired of living uh she just wants release me let me go and and solar's like really she's like yeah i love you so much and i just can't take it anymore i can't stand being alive another minute let me go so he he releases his control over her uh, physicalness and she dies and he freaks out he goes into one of his little uh seizure type things and and the grief and the loss and the 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 mental anguish from losing gail causes him to split okay figure that out where he's he is solar man of the atom and he turns into this he splits into this leather jacket wearing long-haired version of solar that's an amalgamation of the valiant universe uh solar and the image universe solar but you don't know that initially because they call him 
cool solar. Yeah, they didn't explain it to you. But so so solar's grief stricken. He's like, oh god, I got it, I got to find something, some kind of release. And he goes into this buffer region, a dimension that that is exists between the image image universe and the valiant universe. Um, reality yeah and there he meets Floyd. which i was like is this the same place that they go in like Stormwatch? like is this where that where that the bleed uh, yeah like the bleed is that the same area who knows maybe yeah maybe it's the bleed uh so no, so i think we should just take a moment to enjoy that death mate starts with the death of solar's mate yes <laughs> Yes. Just occurred to me while reading it this time. Like, son of a bitch, is this why it's called Death Mate? Does everybody's mate die? But but here's and, the uh, ridiculous part. A lot of part. people's mates die. They do. But the ridiculous part of it is he meets Void. Solar meets Void. He finds her irresistible, un- amazingly attractive. He's like, so oh my sure. My God, you're gorgeous. And she's like, oh, my love. And they, they just meet each other and they're calling each other <laughs> my love. And they do this thing where they know that the joining of themselves can result in catastrophic uh, ramifications for both universes. If we join, if we do this, we could, in a sense, obliterate both of our universes. And Solar says, eh, let's take the risk. And they do it. That's the ridiculous part. They know it's very, very dangerous, but they this don't. This is what I. They don't care. This is what I, what I took from it. Reading it is just that, like in the unreality, like you see all these colors flying around because it's Barry Windsor Smith. We should say this prologue is three dollars. The regular series is five dollars. So this is like your introductory. Mm-hmm. Give us a shot. And its first half is is drawn by Barry Windsor Smith, inked by Jim Lee. Yes. And the second half is drawn by Rob Liefeld, but like Danny Meeky era Rob Liefeld, where it's all tight and nice. Uh, and not just Danny Meeky. Bob Lake. Oh, yeah, Bob Lake. And there's a story and, involved in that, which I'll get into after we finish the prologue. He, uh, but the, like the Jim Lee on Barry Windsor Smith looks rad. And when they draw this crazy space, you know, where Solar is in this unreality, and I just assume, like, you're extra horny in there. Like, you're just, like, everybody's senses are on tilt, and he just can't even help himself. They see each other, they immediately fall in love, and they do it. And I don't want to spoil the ending, but I'm going to spoil the ending. In the end, like, they're chasing through everything, and they're just like, we got to stop Solar and Void from fucking in the unreality. And they get to him, and they explain to him, like, look, you're going to end the world if you fuck. It's real, for real, for real. And then he's just like, I got to do it. Right. <laughs> so, so obviously, when you just enter the unreality, you lose all like your sense says. of right and wrong. I was going to say, though, isn't that just, I mean, that's like a perfect microcosm of the decision that so many men have made over so many years. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. We're not talking so many men. We're talking a hero, right? A guy. <laughs> got, we're talking well, so hold on. You can be a hero and be an absolute, so like, decrepit human being uh, on the, on, when it comes to your relationships. You if can you want to talk about the hero. That's Valiant Solar. Image Cool Solar is a different guy that split off from him, and he's the one you got to worry about. He's like the, yeah. uh, you know, like the identical cousin that's always up to no good. Yeah, it's a, it's. I just thought it, it's a silly start to a to a silly silly miniseries. So once 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 they consummate their relationship, uh, and we get some cool house ads. We get to the universal truth in part two of the prologue, and as as 
as Tony said. It's Bob Layton wrote this. He wrote the um, he wrote the first part as well. But uh, Liefeld pencils it. Layton with Miki and Dan Panosian ink part two, and that's where we see um, more of the image folks and. Uh, the only two people who realize something is amiss are John Prophet from the Image Universe and Geoff and Jeff McHenry, the Geomancer from the Valiant Universe. They're the only two in this new reality, in this new universe that uh, that, that 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 know that things ain't kosher, um, and that's where. And so they have to fix it. And that's where the next four books, uh, one of which came out after the epilogue. Um, <laughs> good good timing there. Uh, Didn't matter. The four books, which weren't numbered, which, according to some reports, made it impossible to read and follow. But your four books, your four books, your four books were yellow, blue, black, and red. Yellow and blue were produced by Valiant, black and red by image and not and when we say image let's be frank let's be clear that um only half of image really was involved even though al simmons shows up in deathmate red todd and eric and jim were kind of just we're good you guys do you and this is mostly a west coast um extreme wildstorm event and value and this was this, this was the story from Observations, uh, we can do like an ab- abridged version of it. But basically, Rob Liefeld saw Bloodshot and was like, oh, Bloodshot, Young Blood, maybe we do a crossover. And he reached out and said like, hey, do you want to do a crossover? And they're like, yeah, you sell great. Let's do that. And then somebody called him later, uh, like Jim Lee called him up and was like, hey, these Valiant guys are going to call. We're going to do this whole thing. And they were like, yeah, okay, so we're going to do Young Blood, Bloodshot. We're going to do a much bigger thing. It's going to be with everybody. Jim Lee too, and and Silvestri, uh, and and we're gonna do this whole thing. So it was basically just supposed to be Deathmate Red, uh, the first half of Deathmate Red, and then everything else is the additional stuff that uh, that came out of this this agreement between the two companies. Do you guys know about that? I I didn't. No, I didn't. I, I didn't know Rob's side of of the story. I knew that Rob and the publisher, I think was was it uh, Mazursky, the, the the guy in charge of Valiant. No, that wasn't Layton. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rob were like good friends, and and yeah. that's when they decided that um, you know our properties should do a, do an event, do a crossover. Um, the Rob story does that absolutely make sense. Um, I'm curious now because I know I've I've read what Bob Layton has said about the event. And I mean, he he just he called it an unmitigated disaster. Uh, <laughs> he actually he Layton and I remember this. I remember reading this before reading it in, in on Wikipedia. But um, I do remember Layton saying he flew to Anaheim. He flew to Los Angeles. He literally sits on Liefeld's doorstep until Rob finished his penciled art for for the prologue. And then Layton inked the artwork in the hotel before heading back home. And um, 
and you know, obviously Layton's the editor in chief of Valiant. He's got his own company to manage. He's taking care of that shit, and now he's babysitting someone else's company. And again, and this was this was and and you know, love him or hate him, whatever whatever the image founders, whatever the seven did for comics and and how they felt slighted as artists working for 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 Marvel and wanting a piece of that pie and and God love them for for wanting to do their own thing and making sure that you know they got paid working on their work mad respect to you there but all this it, it you could tell it obviously Valentino you know, Jim's got his head on his shoulders he was he was doing indie books before he did Guardians of the Galaxy for Marvel he 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 was the guy who knew what was going on Eric obviously felt like working um but for the most part everybody else uh they're artists they're not writers they're they're they had to hire people to manage shit but it it's books were constantly late when image launched and and this is just this this just hammers the point home how yeah they were young but they were also inexperienced and immature and and you learn all these things as as you go along but you're working with a company that's manned by people who have i mean you've got bob layton you've got don perlin you've got you've got so many dudes working at valiant who used to work at marvel that 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 know how the business works and it just all death mate did because again the books were not out on time it reiterated at the time to me just how as cool as the as cool as everything looked um that's just not how you run a, a comic book company i mean obviously i don't know shit because they're still around but it's just it it's i can only imagine how how much better things would have been had i don't even care if the books weren't good because that's subjective but if 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 shit just came out on time or as, as when it when things were promised or if, I mean there's there's like house ads for new men and and things that you know just you know, oh here's some here's some images from the upcoming uh, young blood cartoon young, things like young that young blood strike file number two is advertised in the prologue and then by the time <laughs> deathmate uh, black comes out they're talking about gen thirteen so we know that's a span of a couple of years yeah yeah, yeah. And the red least, issue was six months late. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I just, I mean, we just read them all in a row. Right. And it doesn't, like, it wasn't better this time because I, <laughs> because I had them all right there. You know, like, it's, it's, you know, it was going to be what it was. I mean, I think it, it, it benefited them to not be numbered because, you know, you don't want to read. So, so they can, they, for the most part, somebody, apparently somebody on Reddit did break down. Um, yeah, yeah. The reading that. order. It's it's you know it's the prologue. It was the the green preview from um, Capital's advanced comics catalog. Then red, then pink or orange, which was from the Diamond previews catalog. Yellow, blue, black, and and then the epilogue. And I mean, I I, I did read. I I went yellow, blue, black, red. Um, I read the green and pink too because I was like, well, I feel like I'm. I was like, this isn't good. I must be missing something. And so I, I tracked down those other ones. And, and uh, were you and missing something? Sure enough. I mean, there's like when Shadow Man and Grifter, I, I don't even know if they cross over in this blue or, or, or yellow. I, luckily, I have not a whole lot of memory of those two. But basically, like Shadow Man or Grifter shoots Shadow Man off a roof in one of those. And then when you show up in the actual $5 Deathmate 
uh, yellow or, or blue, whichever one it was. Like they're just, like their fight has already happened. And you're just like, what these? We're just joining these guys like in media res. Like it's just we're just in the middle of this fight, and and not like the middle. Like there's a good part happening. Like the good part happened in the free preview edition that went to comic store owners who got the like the pink preview. Very strange. Well, a very strange choice. But uh, I think a lot of strange choices were made in this. Yeah. In hindsight, though, Valiant comes out looking very good. Sure. Because yeah. their issues are story wise, their two issues, the the yellow and the blue, are actual, you know, storytelling. Yes. Right? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean I guess they are, so. They are. Oh yeah, they they are. I, I they, don't think any and, Valiant has nothing to be ashamed about about their contribution to Deathmate. No. Um but once I, you get I would describe it as uh Valiant or Deathmate is where you go to see Valiant characters look cool. And image characters look old and timey, you know, like wow. taking this whole thing in. Like you're seeing like br- what Bronze Age Zealot would look like, you know. But, yeah. but see, I ain't, I ain't I, co-signing that at all. No, but. I mean I'm I'm looking at it as uh, val- valiant characters done in the extreme '90s format and image characters written well. Yeah. I think well is a stretch. Like, I don't think that, that the Valiant ones uh, were so like so much better than the Image ones that you're just like, oh, I get it. Because that's sort of what I was looking for. Like, I read Image comics at this time, and I was like, well, let me take a look at this, dip my toe into this Valiant, and if it is what I hear, then I'm, I'll go in, all in on this, you know? Like, so if I had read Blue and Yellow and just been like, oh, those stories were incredible, you know? Like, then I totally would have jumped in. Because that's sort of how I... Uh, jump from thing to thing, you know. Like I'll I'll do a taste of something. Like for instance, like Joss Whedon, you know. Like but back before he was a piece of shit. Like I was like, let me check out this X Men. Like X Men was the first Joss Whedon that I ever experienced. But then when I was like, oh, that's great. What's this? What's the next smallest thing I can try? So then I'll try Firefly or what? You know, like. And so from this, I would have, you know, I'd have read like Unity or something, you know, if I was so, if I was blown away by this, but I was not. And and then then this time again, I was not again. I was just like, it's fine. It's they're they're just doing a story. But I feel like the the commercial aspect of this was like that's what they were doing, you know, like they're like let's just put these guys together, tell a little story. They weren't trying to do like a a great great story. Except in this first one, it seems like they're gonna, you know, like this guy his. His the love of his life dies, and then for some reason he goes and falls in love with somebody immediately and blows up the whole world. So you're like, from there, that's something. You know, like you could work with that, but then they don't. The um when I reread these, the definitely black is wordy as fuck and 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 black and red black and red just they're they just end at least with the valiant portions it says you know to be continued look out for and and upcoming and and you know they they feel like comic books the image side were one shots what's cool about death may black is it is the first appearance of gen 13 uh you um i i dug the team i thought you know i got a really the Blue and yellow are, are anthologies because it's yeah. a, a, a bunch of stories. Whether it's you know Zealot trying to take out Ninjak, 
and uh, you've got um, you've got the wild core in the sewers trying to take down Harada. It's but but every there were chapters. The Death Made Black is one long story, and it's 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 a cool story. Um, with the whole with the Troika, Mother May I, and 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 Exo looking cool. It's yeah, yeah Exo kind of go ahead. One of the neat things about about it is that every time they introduce a person that you know from the Image or Valiant universe, you sort of get to see what it is that's different about them in this world. You know, yeah. So that like that part of it, I think it still works. I think it's it's still pretty good. I really like the art in um, in black over over the art in red, um, but I think red. This might be heresy, but I think it's more consistent up until the middle, like because Rob basically does a whole comics worth. Yes, of story, yes, yes, yeah. And then he hands it over to the. Yeah, once you get to to to, to Matsuda and Pachella. And the Marat Michaels, it's like that's when you know you you definitely see um, the art change. And yeah, the, the first half of Red, um, it's it's just Rod having fun because he got Bad Rock going out. I mean, I don't understand how Die Hard's mask cowl hood thing works, but whatever. <laughs> the uh, uh, physics and gravity that Rob says, "Fuck your boss." So the the uh, but I just I really like you know, between Lee and Sylvestri and and Brandon Peterson. I mean even yeah. Brett Booth is Capullo. Yeah, I mean there's some great art in in Black. I feel. Um, yeah, I agree. I I his, would say that Black is like the whole of Black is like the end of Red as far as like how they put it together. You know, like it's just a, a whole studio of guys getting together and just jamming on a thing. Yep. Um, but they're just better. You know, like the the guys that were jamming were better at the time than the guys yeah. that were jamming in the back of Red. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd agree with that. Uh, so once you know, basically, whatever the events are in in Red and Black don't necessarily have anything to do with the rest of Deathmate. Because if you read Blue, if you read the the prologue and then Blue and Yellow, um, then you could just read the epilogue, right? You could just read the epilogue, and then it's like it's 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 Solar and Supreme, uh, with Master Dark and Doctor Eclipse in tow, preventing future cool-looking Solar from uh, getting his groove on with Void. There's and everybody great... dies. Everybody fucking dies in this thing. Yeah, that is. I thought that might have been part of the theme too, of like the death mate of it all. Is they're just like it's all death mate. <laughs> like death we're just doing mate. this. <laughs> everybody dies in every chapter yeah uh one of my favorite parts of death make black is it's been uh all the guys in the studio you know it's like um brandon peterson brett booth Sylvester did a chunk uh j scott campbell did a chunk capullo did a chunk uh and then towards right at the end of the capullo pages there's somebody else who's not jim lee but it might be brett booth it's one of these guys and on the last panel like it explodes, like they blow up everybody, ballistic explodes, and then there's this caption that says, as the smoke and debris slowly begin to settle, the final players enter the scene. It's the last panel. And then you turn the page, and it's fucking Jim Lee and Scott Williams, and they just ball out for like a good chunk of the book, you know? And then it goes to Will's Protasio, so it's just like 
it's almost like the writer was or one of the two writers. There's so many goddamn words in this thing. It's almost like the writers were just like, here we go. Like <laughs> it's about to be on right now. And that's how it felt to me. Like, cause I had waited through so much and it's so wordy and so much. And, and yeah, like you're saying, like it, it hardly matters. And, but then when you get to that point where they're like, the final players have entered the scene and you turn the page and it's Jim Lee. It's just like, like, Oh, like you just hear like metal playing around you everywhere. Like it's fucking <laughs> happening. I was so happy. It was so worth it at that point. I literally fell asleep reading this book last night. Cause I was trying to like, I was cramming for, for today's test. Uh, and I got like halfway into it and I could not stay awake because it's just every person that shows up has like two word balloons and a caption and a thought balloon. Like it's Eric Silvestri and fucking Brandon Choi. And both of them just had a, a million things to say. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're not. The, you have three editors on here and nobody decided, <laughs> Hey, nobody maybe we can, uh, if we can rein it in a little bit. I don't, I don't know what they edited. It's, it's, I just, I I appreciated rereading this. I, I I thank you, Tony, for for allowing me to go back and and go through these issues because all I I appreciated from a historical standpoint. See, you know, this was this was the 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 early to mid nineties. Two of the hottest comic companies got together, bring their characters together to do an event. It's like how could this fucking lose? Um, it was kind of like what everybody was waiting for while we were waiting for JLA adventures. And, and this was, this was just now older me realizes that the valiant characters don't necessarily mesh well with the image characters. And that's fine. But I I'm going through these issues and I'm just looking at house ads and, and you know, fucking Jim Lee's pogs. You can get the sky caps. <laughs> There's the um, original art at Bow and Board by Mark Silvestri, Dale Keown, and Brandon Peterson. I can only imagine in 1993 what those prices yeah. were. A couple hundred uh, bucks. If, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Um, I you know, think that the characters did mesh well together in yellow and blue. Like, I think Valiant was able to make the image characters look like they fit in with the Valiant characters. And I said that looked old and timey, but, you know, I didn't mean that but necessarily. Yes, no, yeah, that's like, not a drag. In a, in a derogatory it's, way. It's, like, it was right. older artists yep. who drew in a certain kind of way, yeah. drawing these characters that we know for looking very modern at the time. You and know, buff. Like, and, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they, they exist in their own world. Half yeah. naked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when when they went to the image world, I think Rob didn't care at all about Bloodshot. Like he just, he's hardly in the book, you know. He's just like a guy in the background hanging out, and he already looked sort of extremey. Like he was the most imagey looking Valiant guy. Yeah, um, and so he just sort of fit in there. But like, uh, yeah, the, when uh, Homage Studios did their stuff, like it's just the guys from Hardcore. Uh, they're just still wearing those onesies and stuff. Like they didn't try and give them, you know, like jackets or pockets or belts or any of the sort of homagey type things to to make them fit in. Because I think they felt like they had to make them match. And also, I don't think they cared that much. You know, like this, <laughs> this doesn't seem to be a, like it was made with the utmost TLC. Yeah, I think. Um... Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll I'll say care again, but I I think I think again because the guys at Dine, especially Bob Layton, I mean they you 
image at the time is all about look, especially extreme studios but everything was about looking cool and yeah. and and speed lines and splash pages and bad rocks go smash and here comes shaft and it's and we're just we're all about it. it's everything everything's a bad boys jumping from a roof explosion in the background image and that's well it and good no, it's it, and 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 that's and that's fine for. I'll say that that's fine for your stuff. For your, you know, you just want to put something out there. But but this was, this was something between two companies. These aren't just your characters that. Um, right. And everybody, and that was the other thing that all the characters, nobody, just so just because you you were in black or red, it didn't mean that the image characters are going to look better and we're going to mop the floor with the Valiant characters. And the same thing with the Valiant books. Like, it doesn't matter. It, it Valiant wasn't trying to make... It, it's like when, you know, someone goes someone goes from one organization and goes to WWE and WWE's got to bury the guy because, you know, you didn't come from here. It's right. like, this is this is one of those things where it's like, we're all we're all even. It's a level playing field. Whether it's, it's Chapel or Exo or Bloodshot, or bad rock, somebody's gonna get fucked up, and and, well, and so no one's and no, like, no no one's better than anybody else. They were all bad too. Like no matter which company you came from, you were either like a Harada, uh, like flunky who was yep. willing to kill people for trying to mess with dear leader, or you were like a terrorist. And there there was nobody who was like it. It was sort of like the two extremes, which I guess is what the nineties was, right? Mm. But but it seemed it was interesting that they did this team up, and I guess like I keep calling him Geoff because it's crazy to me that they would name a Geomancer Jeff and spell it like that. Like it's ridiculous <laughs> that you would have the same same Geo sound, and then I don't know. It just seems like malpractice. Same this language. But you've got you've got Jeff, and then you've got Prophet, and they're sort of in the mix, like trying to warn people, but they're not. Like Prophet gets taken out e- like early on. Like I don't think he shows up in half of them he's definitely not in the end and he's not in black and he's not in like half of blue right so it's just this kid jeff uh and like that's the hero of the thing and then good solar comes around but he's you know he's not the cool solar like it's just like we it's time for dad to come and tell everybody they need to cool out (laughs) put their dicks away they're they're messing things up uh but I think to like we should probably shouldn't talk about Deathmate for three hours. But the epilogue, I think, is is a actually pretty okay comic, and it's sort of a fitting end for the thing. By the time we get to the epilogue, it's basically just like it's back in Valiant's hands, so it's well written as as far as like a, a a single issue of a comic goes. It has a beginning, middle, and an end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the art is by Silvestri, so it fucking rips ass. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pencil by Sylvester, ink by Layton. But what's by even Layton. and and even better is once you get to the middle, um, the uh, the second half is, this- is 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 fucking penciled by Joe Casada and inked by Scott Williams, bringing it back to earlier. Joe Casada, who I I understand, like I realize he didn't just start working at Valiant at the at the time of Deathmate, but I wish that he did because to me. He seems born of Deathmate. He's like the image artist who drew at Valiant. You know, like 
now we get to look kick-ass and modern too because look at this guy you know yeah. and i feel like if if this was like the birth of a new thing from valiant we're just like whoa this fucking looks like this now that's crazy but he was already doing you know like ninjack was already out yeah yeah i mean i don't i, I don't know who's older if um Casado or david latham is older but whereas with 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 latham drawing harbinger and then of course Warriors of Plasm over when, when Defiant launches, his he's his style's definitely more of that. It's it's not old timey, but he is more it, it's classic not illustrator. As, yes, whereas you know Casada here he is also at Valiant, and it is it's it's kinetic, it's fast, it's it's it looks gorgeous. Whether it's that Chromium cover for EXO, the wraparound cover no less. Whether it's the um, whether it's the Ninjak stuff, it's like. Fucking! It, it was it was the start of my love with 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 Joe Q. So, um, you know, seeing him on this, and then of course, you know, he also does the cover inked by um, Sylvester. I just, I mean, I I love this event because of the creative teams involved. And like, yes. where else are you going to fucking get like Jim Lee inked by Bob Layton or some shit like that? It's like or Barry Windsor Smith inked by Jim Lee. Yes, yeah. it's I I it I, I appreciate it. I I. It holds as as I'm not gonna say it's horrible, but as as rough as it is, because of of what it gave us, what, what my eyes were able to enjoy from it, I I will I will think of it, maybe not lovingly, but I'm not I'm not going to hate on it. Right, I'll never read it again, but I will flip through it <laughs> yeah. probably from now until the day I die. Uh, like the. The Sylvester part in the epilogue is colored by uh, Maurice Fontenot, which is one of the Valiant colorists. So, like, you get to see that era Sylvester, like, at his most potent, or maybe, like, his second most potent, but, like, kick-ass Cyber Force era Sylvester, uh, but without, like, the digital colors and just sort of, like, with this neat, whatever they're using, like, Doc Martens or inks or however they were coloring Valiant comics, but it's, it's you know, classic. Uh, it's just a great looking comic, and I think uh, a pretty okay comic as far as comics go. And and when like and like I said, when Casada shows up, it feels very thematic. It feels like the, here it is, these two things together, two great tastes that taste great together. This flashy style with this good story, uh, and and that sort of I feel like you know one more day notwithstanding, like that's sort of what he's known for, right? Like he does flashy art generally with good stories. Oh yeah, you know? I mean he's I mean his. When he goes crazy with lines, whether it's here with 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 everything happening in unreality, uh, or even Union, or, or or you think about you know the Ash stuff as as designy as that could be at times, it, it's and even his Daredevil stuff when when yeah. he kicked off Marvel Knights, it's like he's got. I just I always loved his version of Daredevil because once he throws that Billy Club with the rope. And it just goes all over the fucking cupboard. I love following that line. I just I yeah. I, I can't get enough of of, of like, uh, art. Unfortunately, it's like Joe Pesci in Goodfellas is just bing, pow, bing, you know, just <laughs> popping off every which way. The only thing that 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 bugs me about the Casada page is is whatever the hell Poe's void is in when Emp is talking to her the next morning. Oh, at the end, yeah, that is a yeah, weird looking. It's a weird looking posture, but. I just I went on uh, I cheated on you on Ramon's podcast uh, a, a couple of months ago and we read Wildcats number one and this is sort of like beat for beat that scene in Wildcats number one where 
Marlowe shows up at the office and Boyd's just, you know, there looking out upon things like that sort of yeah. like him doing his version of that scene. So I don't like it's not like he was ripping off a Jim Lee pose, but I think like he's trying to capture that same energy. Sure. Didn't quite get it. It's a very strange drawing of Boyd for sure. Oh, and then uh, my my number one complaint about this issue is at the very end of this, uh, we could call it uh, just okay crossover uh, with great artwork. Joe Casada for some reason writes "Who watches the Watchmen" on like as graffiti <laughs> in the very fucking last panel. So like you're just like, well, I just read this okay thing, and then for some reason he wants to remind you of like the best thing that's ever been in comics. Oh, like just like, how was that? Probably about as good as Watchmen, right? You want to think about Watchmen now? Very strange. <laughs> you should ask about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think so. Uh, it is a. It's a. Oh, choice he's not part of one of your six six different little groups. I'm that not you, on uh, Calvary with Jason. I didn't realize you were here. Oh shit. Uh, Oh, listen, I mean, I'm just He's listening. He's not on vacation. But, I'm listening with fascination, but I mean, I, you know, if, if you're if you're going to find a little dark dark crevice of, of comic that I don't have much a uh, perspective on, you you're, you're, you found it tonight, so. That really, I'd see, I thought you would have been down, like you were a Wildstorm guy, right? Or no? No, I was at college, man. That, this is this is the dark time for me. I, I, I didn't, I did, almost all of this happened in the four years of my life that I didn't read or buy comics. Well, you didn't really miss out. I mean, it's, it's very yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah, so. Also in the last panel, though, I think what pisses me off about the Watchmen thing, too, is that they're doing this silly gag where the Halo building, which is where Emp and Void are, in silhouette looks like the image eye, and then the sun goes down behind <laughs> it, so it makes, like, the Valiant image logo as, like, the last image in the piece. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I'm sure the editor got that fucking page and was just like, ugh, well, god damn it, why would you do that? Except, I think the editor is Bob Layton. Uh, who would have inked it, right? Oh, no, Scott yeah. Williams inked it. Scott Williams inked it. Yeah, yeah, Williams inked the side on these. If, if I'm Bob Layton, I'm sitting there by my ink pot just like, let's just black that out. That's that's no, We don't need that reference and this other reference to our logos <laughs> in the same panel. It's crazy. Shit, and I like how the cover colorist gets credit on the last panel. <laughs> I mean, it's like we're <laughs> credits all through this thing. They're oh, always weird. Bad. It's like, oh, here's the letter. It's like, it's like old timey gold key books or something. It's like, yeah. And by the way, this person also worked on this. Yeah, yeah. At the end of part one, it says lettered by Chris Iliopoulos. It's the only <laughs> credit on the <that> page. <laughs> But at least I'm reminded of the Magnus Nexus crossover. That was fucking great. And uh, and an ad for Wizard, of course. And the the first appearance of Gen 13 and, uh, and pimping the second appearance of Gen 13 and Gen 13 number one, which I could talk about for literal hours. We won't do it tonight, but boy, oh boy, do I love that comic. <laughs> do you really? I do. That was my, like, when I was a kid... That was my fucking shit. Like, I loved it so much. Like, I wanted to be J. Scott Campbell. I wanted to draw Gen 13. Uh, not Danger Girl specifically, just specifically Gen 13. It was my favorite thing. And I still hold a special place in my heart for that for that guy in that comic. Anyway, I know that that's not this crowd. <laughs> no, I like Gen 13. That was one of the few things, because I... I 
I graduated in '96 and started getting comics again in LCS and Hoboken, and uh, and actually read a lot of Gen 13 as a result of that. Like he was like a, he was like a Arthur Adams that was producing at a time when Arthur Adams wasn't wasn't doing too much. Yeah, like he was a good holdover for until Arthur Adams came back. Now going full circle, he's a guy that has certainly figured out how to monetize the business. No doubt, you don't yeah. sit around and wonder how he's making money. No. It's right out there. No, <laughs> it's there to see. <laughs> yeah. He and 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 for all the shit we give him and his ilk about not doing interiors, like he must be pretty fast because I feel like he does like a grip's worth of variants each each month. Yeah, but a cover is much faster than a page. Even sure, pays, sure. Pays better. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? He, also, what do you think he gets so, for like a variant, like from the for, from the publisher? Like five grand. Uh, I don't like even that. know that he. I don't even know that he gets paid for those those exclusive ones that he does. He pays for them um, because they're not using them on the inside. Like they're he's just the only one selling those. So I think he just buys the variant and then he's got like his own cottage industry going. Now, like the when he does a variant, five seems high, but I don't know. There's yeah, I, there's certain guys of, of legit variants for publishers. Like There's certain guys that that they know move the needle, and it's it's like Art Germ and uh, oh, what's his name from Top Cow. That's embarrassing. Anyway, there's a bunch of these guys, and I'm sure Campbell's one of those guys that they know. Like we'll get them because they move the needle, but I don't know if it's five thousand. Gabriel Delato is one. He 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 does all the variants too. Peach Momoko does variants a ton now. Like I, that's a good gig, man. Once you get that variant gig, it's like it's probably hard to stop doing it. Here's here's what uh, okay i I am sure my man has drawn. I, I'm sure they have a ton of sketches that he has squirreled away in a drawer in a file cabinet. But how is it that uh, there are still unseen? Michael Turner images being used for covers today. I don't know if they're unseen necessarily. Like I feel like sometimes they're just re they're like rerunning, recolored or something. But I mean, whether it's and even if I mean, and and it's for, for some of it is for the, the 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 Aspen books. But you go through, you get to the Dynamic Forces section where they have all the variants and signed and sealed books. But I like I've I know. I mean, I've I've seen certain Superman images that he's done. I've seen certain Spidey images, but um, every, every time I flip through previews, and there's another. I mean, and, and that's great, you know, if they, they get that money, and 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 if you're a Turner fan, then that's awesome because you can still get you know Turner Turner art on uh, newer books. But I I am I'm- amazed at at how much stuff every month there's still Turner artwork out there. I've seen on some where they've bought back commissions or licensed commissions to use. Okay. Like I've seen them do that sometimes. And I think sometimes they're just recoloring stuff that they've used before, you know, put a new coat of paint on it. I'm pretty sure I've seen the civil war variants reused elsewhere. So I don't, I mean, I'm not, I, yeah, I, I don't. And he was around a time when they were doing trading cards too. So there's just like, you know, there's a yeah. ton of outpu- output drawing these characters. I wonder how many are being retouched though. Like if they are just sketches or for a trading card and they obviously have to be blown up 
for a cover or something if if who is doing who's embellishing who's who's adding to it so that uh it's ready to actually be published as a cover i mean i think well they did those jim lee cards as covers and they didn't embellish anything you know they just blew them up and, and printed them i got that arts edition this week and they were drawn smaller than cover size so they they did blow them up but they were and they're blown up and they still look okay I mean, they're, they're like there's no degradation or, or there's, yeah, there's a, but a, like a degrad, a degraded Jim Lee is still better than a Brett Booth, right? I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to argue that. And, and shout out again to our boy Vander because, uh, he's credited in that, uh, artist edition. Oh yeah. Did he, did he give a page to them? He did. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, it is, it is. I mean, I don't, I, I don't. It wasn't an artist edition that I was clamoring for. I love that it exists, and I'm I'm loving all the tweets for people who who have it and and just are flipping through it and are amazed by it. I mean, yeah, it it it's it'd be awesome to sit there and and look at Lee and Williams' artwork as as it was originally done before it was turned into a comic book. Um, it looks great. It's it's never something I needed, but it I I, I love that it it's a thing. I needed it already, uh, but I was super sold on it. Uh, Jim Lee put out this like uh, live stream where he it was like an unboxing where he got his and he was flipping through it. And you would super geek out over this because he's pointing out like which panels were Scott Williams, which panels were just like him and Wills jamming, or sometimes he inked the background with a sharpie here and then he would pass it off. Like they were running and gunning so fast in those days that no, like not one of those pages, just him pencils, Scott Williams inks. Like it's all little pieces. And I geeked out so hard on just thinking like, Oh, they were just passing that page around. They used to, sometimes they would cut them in half so they could pass half the page to the other guy to ink on oh. and put them back together. Yeah. So super fascinating to watch. And then when you get the thing or when I got the thing, I sat there and just poured over it and looked at like, Oh, that looks that that's definitely a Will's face, you know, but it doesn't, he's not credited. Um, and then I bought it specifically, specifically because I've forever wanted them to just put out a Marvel Cards Artist Edition, and this seems like as close as they're going to get because they've got like a good 10, 15 of the Jim Lee cards, and reportedly those are just sort of lost to time. Like they, it was such a trivial thing at the time, and they just were sold into the wind to not to collectors who would keep a hold of them, but just you know they're just off out in the world. You know, somebody that doesn't collect art or comics anymore has got it, you know, in their attic. Or mm-hmm. I can't yeah. wait to get my artist edition, so should be coming next week, I think. Yeah, it's great. You're going to dig the shit out of it. Did you oh, see that video? Sure. No. Yeah, I'll send it to you. It's super, super fascinating. Nice. Please. Yeah. How you doing, Vince? Oh, just great. Vince, are you still mad about me saying that Valiant Art was old and timey? No, no, I don't care about your opinion. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Welcome to our world. No, it yeah, was... We were having a great time, and then I said old and timey, and then it was all of a sudden it was just me and David. <laughs> no, no, we, we parted ways many times during your talk on uh, on that book. There, there are artists that you guys obviously like that I just I don't care for. I won't get into it. It's not a thing, but um, yeah. Keep it positive. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Yeah. So what else do we have? Jason. Yes. Tell me something good. 
Um. Well, yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know if I call it good. Oh boy! But you, no, no, you mentioned it though. Uh, you read it too. But uh, rain like hammers number two. Okay. Like I enjoyed it, but I need to reread it because, like you said, it is complete departure from the first. <laughs> yeah. It's great, though. It's almost like a breach of contract, right? Because I didn't think it was going to be an anthology. Is it, though? I'm not sure it is an anthology, though. I don't... Well, if if you're... Yeah, maybe. Uh, What what is that kind of story structure when your first issue features one character and it's... We'll call it Tarantino-esque, right? Uh, I think they'll eventually intertwine, but we don't know yet how. Yeah, we don't know that. Yeah. So I don't. I, I mean, I, I have never going to have anything bad to say about Brandon. So I, I enjoyed it, but I was definitely taken aback. And I, if if the if if the issue was as as putting aside that it was a whole different setting and, and characters and, and the like, I, I also don't know that I felt it was a, as as uh, accessibly linear in, in in like what was actually happening and why. So I, I definitely want to revisit it. Um, looked great again for sure. Love his cartooning, but but uh, I was a little surprised by that for sure. And um, I feel like I almost am contractually contractually obligated at this point to mention uh, any time a Black Hammer book finishes up. And Skull Digger and Skeleton Boy, the first four issues came out a long time ago, and it got coveted. And uh, then five came out a few months ago, and then six finally came out, uh, which is the final issue of the miniseries. Um, Jeff wrote it, and uh, Tonchi Zonchik was uh, the penciler. Um, it was awesome. Uh, of of all the Black Hammer stuff, it's probably the thing I would think that. Uh, I mean, I know you you two. I know you guys are enjoying it anyway. But I'm saying, like, I read this and I thought, oh, this is this is the most dappy of the book so far. Like, it's it's because it's it's a Skull Digger is basically a Punisher analog, um, but I think it was really well done. And 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 I have to say, in much in the vein of Rain Like Hammers, I pretty much thought exactly I knew exactly where issue six was going to go, and it didn't go there at all. And I was I, the book ended on such a different note than I expected it to end that I was. Uh, but I, I I closed the book and I'm I was like had to pause for a second. I'm like, huh, okay. And it was totally like it was totally satisfying, even though it was no way near what I thought was going to happen at the at the climax of the book. And I'm being vague because I don't want to spoil it for people. I know a lot of listeners are reading it and have probably been going to end up rereading the whole thing now that they have the sixth issue because they probably forgot what happened in the first four. But uh, but it's great. And, and Tanchi's a nice addition to the Black Hammer artist trio. True, uh, not the artist stable. Um, I think that he he fit in really well particularly in this kind of a street-level uh, thematic approach, which this book took. Um, so I, I another winner. I, I, I don't, like I said, I almost feel like it would be shocking if I told you all that a Black Hammer book wasn't good. But, but uh, yeah, so, so those are two that I, I really enjoyed. I'm, I'm, I'm saving my favorite thing I read this week for my inner travels, though. Okay. You, you can't do three minutes on Rain Like Hammers. You just can't. You gotta go back no, in. I did. I did twenty minutes on Rayleigh Hammers number one, and then you chastised me a few weeks ago. Oh so, mm. all right, moving on. Mm. Well, you did. I, it, well, not, attention. I did. Okay. 
What do we have to say about it, Vince? What's going on? Oh, I just think it's a it's a uh, the book is kind of uh, runs counter to what I like to the narrative structure is very concerned with minutia. Uh mostly concerning food. Yes. The the production yeah. of food, the 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 ingredients of food, the enjoyment of food. Uh, where the food comes from, what in the num- food in number one talking about, yeah, yeah, and it's, but I mean, there's there's some of that in in the second issue, but there's more pondering of purpose in the second issue, which is more along it's 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 kind of like the same um, approach, but not with food, right? Uh, I just think he, he says it in the back that the 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 issues the series is a rebuilding ish, uh, series where he's trying to revitalize himself and and get out of a, a mental state that he's in and, and yeah, it's cathartic yeah he's had and, a hell of a hell of a last half decade right yeah. and you see that in the in the just the structure of the book and uh, i was completely absorbed but it's not something that i would be like come on who gives a shit about your food let's get some story going here but that's not what this book is about there's a uh, again there's there's picking a part of his favorite uh, Eugene in the first issue picking a part of his favorite television show and mm-hmm. and the the structure of his room compared to the structure of everyone else's room around him it's like he, Graham dissects everything and i think it's it's awesome that the way Brandon Graham does it but this kind of storytelling didn't start with Brandon Graham this is a Paul Pope thing Paul Pope has always done this and Graham has made it his own, and that's awesome, and I love it. But let's give credit where, it, you know, where it's due. Paul Pope was the instigator behind this kind of stuff, where he would go ten panels deep on some kind of sticky food spray on on toast, you know, at the expense of the narrative, right? And there's there's advertising in Paul Pope's things, and there's logos stuck in corners that are beautiful logos. They're just there to flesh out the world. Graham does that wonderfully, but I, he gets credit for being like this this uber world builder. When in in a lot of respects, what he's doing is a is a you know modern day extrapolation of what Paul Pope started. I'm not trying to shit on Brandon. I love his work, but I'm just saying if we're gonna gush about Brandon Graham, we got to give props to the guy who made this kind of storytelling, brought it to prominence, and that's Paul Pope. Whatever. I don't feel like Brandon would argue with that either, you know, like right, right. if you're good at if you're good at building a chair, you, you know, you don't have to always say that somebody else invented the chair beforehand, you know, like you just make a good chair. Yeah, yeah. And I, I thought the second issue was great too. It was different, right? To a super villain's consciousness in the body of a butler with a tail trying to rescue a child from a sentient continent sized space thing i mean that's that's awesome right it's it just it's great it's you get to see uh the genius that we saw at work in profit you know on something else so i i'm, I'm in real deep and uh, i don't really do i need to know what happened to elephant city at the end of issue one do i need to know where that goes yeah and maybe not right do do, do i need to see in in the second issue, Brick Block rescued the the child. Eh, maybe 
I don't know. I just think the setup is as enjoyable as the resolution could be, right? I don't need to know. His motivations are all clear on, on every page. Whether or not he rescues, rescues a child, whatever. If we see it, wonderful. If we don't, I don't really need to see it. Does it seem like, judging from these first two, do you feel like the third one they're going to come back to something? Or do you think I like don't it know. is an anthology? Like he's just, like yeah, Rain Like know. Hammers is just the title of the thing that he's going to tell one-off stories in? Could be. Who knows? Well, then again, like we didn't we didn't think it would go anywhere other than the narrative in issue two, and it went totally different. So I don't know who who. Yeah. It's impossible to to say. I, I remember uh, Brandon did a interview with the Comics Journal a long time ago, probably like a decade ago, but uh, to talk about like Meat House, and I remember him saying that uh, it was dejecting because everybody always. There was a period where he said there was this running joke among his friends and his that that um, that they were all told that they were going to be the next Paul Pope, and that it was like at some point it got to be pretty dejecting to hear that because they mm. just wanted to be their own their own people. Uh, yeah, oh. pretty insensitive, Vince. Just well, like no, but I, I but I think the point there is that <laughs> is not to say, I think the point is obviously they all were inspired by by Paul Pope, right. Right, like it's just like uh, LeBron, you know, didn't want to be said. Are you going to be? Are you better than Michael Jordan? He just wants to be LeBron, right? Like, right, right. Doesn't mean that he didn't pattern his game after Jordan or be inspired by him. Right. Yeah, I mean, what Vince is saying is objectively true. There's like, who could argue that? There's, I mean, there's, like, obviously, Brandon didn't invent that, and Paul Pope, he probably didn't invent a lot of it either, really. But, but in the sense that there were those did it before him, but he's probably the, the, uh, the. Um, the 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 blue the blue blue ribbon uh, in terms of executing that that kind of stuff right. right yeah yeah he took that format popularized it did it better than anybody had done it before yeah and well he, I, and I had I had likened the first issue and that, the second issue doesn't remind me of this at all but I likened the first issue a lot of Kerouac to me because of the focus on the just the the, mon, the mundanity of everyday life but like really focusing on it and almost making it almost making it magical. Just because right. he's so focused on it, like remember, like in Dharma Bums, like Kerouac spends you know chapters about like just boiling water and putting oats in it or rice, and it's like, yep. it, but it's so important to him in the moment. I'm, I, I kind of got that vibe from Brandon's first issue, and in the second issue, I mean, I, I guess the same attention to minutia is there, but it's just a much different vibe, right? It's almost like a kind of it's well, not even almost. It's like it's an espionage comic, basically. The second issue. I just want to. I, I, I just want to hug Brandon Graham because he seemed. If you if you deep if you crack open the rib cage and look at what's making both of these issues tick, it's loss. The, each each character suffers a personal loss. Eugene had to leave that or that person that Eugene was with in the uh, Armadillo City, whatever the hell the name of the city was. They left, and now Eugene's by himself in in. Um, Elephant City. He's alone. He's doing his job, going back to his room, watching TV every night. Like there's a a sense of loneliness and loss to the first issue, and then in the yep. second issue, the main character literally loses his body, and then it, the reason why he's on this city is to retrieve a child that was taken away. Like there's loss through both of these issues, and it's just like I, I just feel like given Brandon, like it's it'll be okay. Like it, there just seems to be something that's really working on Brandon Graham, and you can see it in the issues themselves. 
I enjoyed the second issue. I think I enjoyed... Well, I liked L a lot. So I'm kind of partial to the second story in the lower level. But I, I, I think... I dug the first issue, especially because at the end of it, we, we get a little recap of what Brandon's been going through. But um, I, I, I kind of like the... Uh, um, the layout, the, the 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 way the second issue flows, it just it, it seems like I mean things obviously happen. It, it, it there isn't a whole lot happening in the first issue because yeah we are just watching my man just go through his day to day. But um, yeah, I'm kind of uh, whereas I finished the first issue and I'm not sure where where we might be going based on the information we already have in the first issue. I'm, I'm kind of stoked for the third now after knowing what what we got in the second, cause I don't know what the third is going to be like. And, and I, whatever I may have thought this series was going to be about while reading and after reading the first issue, I'm, I'm completely, uh, at a loss. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I am, I'm, I'm looking forward to it now. I mean, I, not that I wasn't cause it's still Brandon, but I, I right. just, I, I have a different take. So I'm, 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 I'm excited to see where where he's taking us. I think the approach to storytelling going on in these two comics is an effort to stop readers from reading beyond the page. You finish number one, and immediately you're you're just like, oh, I wonder what happened. This this city is is on the it's on the skids. What's going to happen to Eugene? Where is he going to go? How are they going to survive? Where are they going to get their resources? What's going to happen? And then you get to issue two and it's like, (laughs) we're not going to answer any of those questions. And it's just, I I, I think he's, he's nudging you or, or or corralling you into this narrative where he doesn't want you to, uh, assume or, or, or daydream or interpret or, you know, uh, uh, try and, and, postulate what's going to go on beyond what you just read because what you just beyond what you just read doesn't exist right so he's trying to right. keep you within this pen of of this narrative and i think that's awesome yeah, I, I i i am out of that yeah i love that i love that so it's good stuff and jason was right it's it's i'm glad that he's i mean it's a journey but i'm i'm, I'm hopeful that he's back for good you know i would hope yeah yeah he seems to be a guy that lets things um uh permeate the you know what i mean like yeah i mean we don't have to relitigate it i'm sure but but obviously he's had he he is i'll i don't really know how to say this uh without he's seen some shit yeah he's and he's been some perceive him in a less than stellar light. Right. That I, and again, I'm, I have my own thoughts on that, but people probably don't give a shit about my thoughts on that because they have their own opinions. So that's fine. Yeah. I, at the end of the day, if you can produce work like this that takes me to places unknown, what you do in your personal life, am I, am I concerned with it? Not so much. Not so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a little hard for me to take on the week where I just had to say goodbye to my whole Woody Allen collection uh, after <laughs> after watching an HBO show. Yeah, like I I can dig that 
for sure. I mean, and I think the Brandon thing is a different, it's obviously not a, a Woody Allen situation, but it's more of a thing where it's just like there's a question mark and he's sort of working through the question mark, you know, like right. th- there's this thing that hangs over him where there's nobody's ever come out and said like, this happened to me specifically, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it's just sort of like this, like this annoying whisper, which is, you know, annoying. And, but also, you know, none of us are in the place to just be like, well, we know for sure what happened. You know, so it's but just I, like, I think in your case with the Woody Allen stuff, um, I could say, yeah, but that person in the real world isn't in the pages of this comic. He may have produced it. He may have created it and actually made it. But the person... I that, don't know. He makes pretty personal work, wouldn't you think? Like, but Woody Allen about- is in every one of his movies. Yeah, but right? I can't watch the ones that he does not star in either. Like, oh, uh, well, then <laughs> that's a problem. But that's, yeah. that's different from person to person, you know? Like, we talked about this before. Like, you know, Jason will still listen to a Michael Jackson, but yep. it just sort of, like, depends yeah. on yeah. on the thing and the person and the per- and the listener, you know? Like, it's all, it all it's very personal. Right. But it is, it, it's a, yeah, it's a thing. It's something. Right. Uh, I, I have this, and I know, like, like I know that you guys like uh, have like a personal connection to Brandon too. So I know that like you have information that I don't have, and you know, so oh, it's, I, don't, it's, I don't know about that, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we don't. I, no, I mean, I, I, well, I, I mean, my, I, we don't have a connection to him in that way. I mean, not not like I would I wouldn't call him a a friend. Not meaning that I wouldn't be happy to be friends with him. I just mean that like he's more of an acquaintance, right? We right. we had him on. The show many many years ago, uh, he ruffled some feathers. Um, you know, um, I have been in touch with him recently just to tell him that I was glad to see him back. He did a very, I think, um, honest and open interview uh, a couple months back uh, yeah. on another podcast, and I, I thought it was I, I just appreciated the candor of it because you know, re- regardless of what you think of a person, I, I think. If you're is if you are going to think well of them, if for some reason you don't, it has to start with some objective self assessment and honesty, right? And and I, I think he showed that. So I hit him up and said, you know, long time no speak. Always been a big fan of your work, so forth, so on. And he hit me back with some very nice comments and he'd remember doing the show and you know, so we had some recent interaction, but I didn't get into his business. I didn't say like, yo, what's you know, I, so I don't think we have any so- more perspective on the things right. that led to him kind of going on walkabout any more than than you do, or or just general comics fandom. Yeah, but also it's just like that thing gets out there, and then it's just there. Like you know, it's it's like uh, you see those commercials on the news channels for like the reputation cleaners for so you know weird Dude, results don't show up yeah. and get <laughs> we're, And we're, I think about uh, uh, Rosario Dawson. You know, like she got that, like uh, an assistant of hers who was a trans man, uh, like accused her of uh, like abuse and called her like a transphobe and all this stuff. And then, you know, which struck everybody at the time was just like, that seems weird. Like she's been out for LGBTQ causes, you know, like since we've known she existed. That seems like a weird move for her. And then, you know, like it had, but it's still out there, you know, like then the woman drops the case and they go through all this stuff. And then, you know, like 
it just gets litigated through all this stuff and like somebody can write an art like there's a piece out there that's just like all right let's break down what this is and what it looks like and what it sort of looks like is just like this is a person that rosario dawson was helping out and then she didn't want to help her out anymore or didn't want to help him out anymore i'm sorry uh and then uh there's a big blow up you know like if you're getting money from a person who you see as like an unstoppable uh fountain of money and then you just go like, ah, oh, well, fuck this person, you know? Like, it doesn't cost you anything to ruin them, but it doesn't cost them, you know, like, but there's no way that they can, no matter what they say, you know, if you say Rosario Dawson from now on, somebody's going to think, well, fuck her, you know? And I'm not saying that's the same Yeah, no, it, listen, that's, it is, that's the tricky the thing, right? Like, yeah, I mean, now we're getting into this, this very difficult conversation about cancel culture, because I think the problem with it is that we're, every single person participating in this call right now and listening to this podcast has different lines that they think are reasonable to cross or not cross. Right. And, and, and takes each case and probably views it very differently as we've experienced with prior debates. Like, again, it's like the, the Aziz Ansari isn't the same as the Chris Hardwick isn't the same, obviously as, as, as the, you know, as the people that were legit pedophile, you know, predators, it's just, but it's, yeah. but who am I to say if, if you don't ever want to watch, uh, uh, talking Dead again. I, I'm, you know, who am I to say? But I'm also not going to be mad at you if you tell me you like to watch Talking Dead. I, I like, I don't, you know, that that is like if you want to give me lots and lots of hard, hard concrete evidence or enough circumstantial evidence that can be corroborated by multiple sources that I can say, oh, this person is a bad human being. Well, yeah, then that's fine. But like in in many of these cases, that's that is a gray area and, and one where you are you are trusting one version of, of, of a story when in fact probably the truth is neither neither version really in, in the grand scheme of things. It's 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 tricky, man. It's tricky. You know, I don't and for uh, if I'm being honest, like if it's somebody I like, I'm looking for any out, you know, I'm of just course. Like, please yeah. let this not be true. And if it's somebody I don't care about, I'm just like, good, fuck that piece of shit. You know, like how dare he, you know, what a monster. Look, I mean, mean Warren, Warren Ellis is a great example, right? Like yeah. when we talked about that, we were all like of the mind, like that's ah, probably like, I don't know. Like, is it really that big a deal? Not because, right. Just cause like it's Warren Ellis. Like you don't want to cancel Warren Ellis, right? Like you're like, like, <laughs> yeah, too, you know, too many books. no, exactly. Right. But yeah. but like we don't really know, you know, and and to your point, Tony, like I think for some people they'll 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 just take it as gospel, right? And, yeah. And, well, and that's yeah, it's the like... thing is that is that you hope at least, I mean, you hope that the that the weight of the of the evidence is is painting a legitimate enough picture in all of these cases that to whatever extent their careers or lives are harmed, it sort of it balances the cosmic scales and that they had it coming to them. But obviously, for that is not a universal truth. That is not a universal yeah. truth. And uh, you know, I guess we kind of ended up backdooring it at this conversation. But 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 I I don't profess to know everything that happened with Brandon. Um, but what but he has been very public, as have the others involved, public and, and sharing very 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 lurid details and specific details about their views of what happened. And I I just. I'll just leave it at I don't think he deserves to be canceled for that. I, I I just don't as a I don't I think a person can make a mistake. They can be genuinely um apologetic about their mistake and 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 can can still be a person that one can 
celebrate and befriend and and I, I think that is possible. We have to leave the door open for that. And, and again, Perhaps. everyone's going to draw the line as to what kinds of things someone can do where you're okay with that. And and, it, and I'm not I'm not going to tell anybody else how to how to make that line in the sand. But but for me, what I know based on what is out there, I, I'm I'm okay with Brandon. Helps if they're a genius too, like. You know, if, if this guy sucked, you just be like, all right, we can keep on moving, you know, like, let him figure that shit out. <laughs> if yeah, it's somebody who's legit making great work, it's like, oh, let's see if we can find some way to, <laughs> you know, like, there has to be an answer for this. There has to be some sort of uh, road to redemption or some room for forgiveness, you know. Well, like, and, and yeah, I mean, your point, like, if Louis C.K. was just some random dude on a sitcom, he would have been canceled forever, right? But it's Louis C.K., I mean, so so he's not – like, he's back doing st- – you know what I mean? Like, like and yes, there's still yeah. a chunk of people that, will, to your point, will always say, well, fuck Louis C.K., I'm done with him. But, like, he's back making big money doing sh- – like, he's – he's his career is, is is not torn asunder, right? Probably Louis C.K. Space than he did, but it's still yeah. pretty nice. I mean, that that's one that really breaks my heart, though, because I just felt like if, if anybody was going to take this situation and – do something smart with it or do something, you know, like, okay, so I've done this fucking monstrous thing, crazy fucking thing for a person to do. And then he's the most considered stand up, you know, like he's very thoughtful. He does these bits that are just like well thought out and incredible and like, and about this sort of thing. Like he just has bits about how he masturbates, you know? So it's just like it, I was so heartbroken that when he came back, it wasn't just like, cause like Aziz addressed it, you know, like he came back, he had a bit about, that whole thing and louis just sort of like instead he wants to talk about how canceling is bad or whatever you know like just seems it seems like a missed opportunity yeah yeah but then we even give people passes right like like i i have i have been riding the date the dave Chappelle train hard lately you know sharing his videos on facebook about yeah. how awesome it is that he's fighting for his rights and he got it back and and repping for that but like but you know, a lot of LGBTQ and, and trans people don't think yeah. he's an absolute piece of shit, you know? And yeah, so they like take that shit personally, I, ch- I choose to frankly ignore that aspect of his, cause I'm like, ah, but it, there's so much I want to like and root for about Dave Chappelle. Right. Yeah. And also it seems, it's like the least funny of his shit, you know? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so it's just anytime in the newer stuff where he'll go down that way, you're just like, hey, he's just being a, a troll at this point, you know? Like, oh, for they sure, said yeah. he can't say that, so he's going to do five minutes on it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's one that I'm, like, I similarly am still a fan uh, and just, and would be heartbroken if anything happened with him, you know? Like, <laughs> if he disappointed me in a more than that little bit disappoints me. But like if some like if a Louis C.K. thing came out about him, I'd just be like, God damn it! Because I yeah. legit can't like I can't watch the Louis stuff without having that in my head. It's not so much that you can't get past it. I guess it is that you can't get past it. Like if I can't look at you, like if you're doing stand up, I want to see the persona that you're presenting. I don't want to see you forcing a woman to watch you masturbate. You know, right? Yep. Yeah. And so I can't like I can't look away. I can't not have that in my head while I'm trying to watch him do stuff. That can't be enjoyable. he should have just when he made his comeback he should have on his first special he should have just masturbated on stage but (laughs) now now see the cancel himself all the way up just be like listen i i I, like this is this is what i did and i want you all to see it so that it's narrate the whole thing yeah (laughs) what it was like yeah but the picking and choosing is kind of don't you think it's kind of wishy-washy 
Like yes. if you if you're gonna well, you if you're gonna this, give just there's no formula for it. It's just how you feel. Yeah. Like, but like you got to no be genuine, guy. right? If you're going to give one guy a pass, genuine. the genuineness right. is how you feel. The genuine is I can't listen to R. Kelly. I can't listen to Michael Jackson. Okay. It's just that simple. Like, like for some reason, Michael Jackson's music means enough to me that I can get past the accusations and hope they're not true. Whereas I know for a fact R. Kelly did these things, and I guess I wasn't as big enough a fan for his. So for like, but that that is genuine. Like, genuine is how you react to something without overthinking it. Like, that's genuine. Also, when you listen to Michael Jackson, you can think, also, A, he's dead. He's not getting any money from you listening to him. And B, you can think, like, he probably recorded this one before he was a monster, you know? Like, R. Kelly, we know, was a monster from 12 Play. You know, like, <laughs> he was a piece of shit from all the way back. And you if, you, if, if you want to, if you say, you know, if there's one thing, if, if it's, if you want to just draw a line, and say everybody on this side, whether that's Louie, whether that's Woody, whether that's Dave or Michael Jackson, anybody on that side, you're, you're, you're saying then that you can't, they they can't change your ways, they can't make amends, they can't realize that that, that they fucked up and try to do better. And and if, if I I want to think that, you know, well, they realize, can. Whether but, or not they in, do. But like is, in Louie's case, you can. he's yeah. literally not. Right, you know, right, 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 right. And I forget about this and talk about cancel culture. So I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine skipping over him if, if, if he comes up on, on the comedy station. I'm, I'm, that's fine. I, I'm not. But uh, to Jason's point, yeah, there are times where it, 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 it's not so black and white for me. Everybody justifies it. It's the same way, you know, when you decide what comics you're ordering or, or you know, you're going to. I don't want this. But I'm. It, it, it's like last month with uh, the 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 Impictopia and the Floating World stuff. It's like you know I'm. I'll go out of my way to make sure I support. This, or I buy this. I, I don't. It, it. Everybody justifies it, makes excuses. However, they get to sleep at night. But as long as it's not, as long as when I do go to sleep, whatever my actions were aren't hurting anybody. I'm not going to support you if you're a piece of shit, but. If I'm not just going to blanket and say you're a piece of shit and and move on, there, there needs to be some sort of yeah. proof. And in, in Louis's case, there's proof. In well, and especially because so much of what we're talking about, whether it be art or sports or celebrity, is collaborative. So like yeah. you're not yeah. right. Like like I'm like Mel Gibson. I don't. If I could magically make sure I don't, Mel Gibson never sees a penny of my money indirectly or directly ever again. I would do it. Yep. But like. There's probably 500 people that worked on uh, Lethal Weapon, right? right. Yeah. Between the actors, like there, there's, there's similarly with 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 celebrity that actors, right? Or and, and I mean, in the the most egregious, of course, are are athletes. You know, and that's why I've always said you can't in athlete in, in athletics, you have to literally not give any thought to that these people were as human beings, good or bad, <laughs> because no, because you you can't like you. And, like, for perfect example, Kansas City, right? Wholesome Kansas City town, right? Andy Reid is the head coach, right? They got Patrick Mahomes, the you know, the, the, the best young player in the league. They, they're, like, America's – they're a new America's team. Cool. Like, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm there for it. Like, and by all accounts, Patrick Mahomes is, like, a charming, great kid, you know, polite, never been in trouble, so forth, so on. Andy Reid is a freaking – He's never used profanity. He's a Mormon. He's he's like beloved by the whole league. He's never cursed at a player. So like you're like, oh, that's such a. But th- their star receiver Tyree Kill 
literally dragged his pregnant girlfriend across mm. a, across a, down a flight of stairs when he was in college and almost went to jail for it. Like, and then a few years ago was accused again of of, of abusing his then partner, although there were there were no charges filed. So like. He is definitively a bad person. So as a Chiefs fan, are you going to stop watching the Chiefs? Are you going to stop watching football? No. So you make you put these mental blockers up. Like yeah. you, root, you root for Tyree Kill when he's on the gridiron, and then you don't buy his jersey and you don't ask for his autograph. But like when he's scoring touchdowns for your team, you're fucking pumped up. You know, and like I don't know, man. Like I think, and I know for Vince, it's very easy. You're very good at being able to separate the art from the artist, and like I, I have kudos to you for that. I think for most people, I think it's disingenuous to be, I find it disingenuous when people are 100% dismissive. Because I think if, if someone says like, oh, I'll never listen to their stuff again, it's like, well, I bet I could name, if you gave me enough time, 10 people right. who are as egregious as that person that you still support. Right. That's, you know, so. So I just rather be like, you know what? Like the Woody Allen stuff, like I had to Google what you guys were talking about. Like I knew, I mean, I knew he was like, I knew that, but I didn't know, I didn't realize there was a documentary that just hit and yeah. stuff. I yeah. So, cause I don't care enough about Woody Allen to like, I honestly have no opinion on that because I don't know the facts. Like I don't know the details. I, I've always presumed it was a shady situation with, with his, yeah. you know, but, but I, but do, did, did it rise to the point where I thought he shouldn't be able to make films again? I, I, I have no opinion. I don't, I don't know. I just yeah. don't have an opinion. So. I feel like a real basic bitch because I always will just be the like once they make a documentary about it, that's when I'm out. I just got to wait to see the facts. Yeah, the Michael Jackson was that was a tough thing because I you know and yeah the R Kelly I, one. Well, yeah, I mean the R Kelly one though. Did you did you need the documentary to know he did it? <laughs> yes, I was holding on until until somebody said like for sure this is what what's going on. And then it, like it has to be right in front of my face, which I guess you know. Part of it is just like you don't have to see something until you investigate it yourself, you know, and you can sort of keep it in the back of your mind. But yeah. once somebody, once I hear an R. Kelly song and I think of him, you know, torturing women, then I'm just like, all right, I can't do this. You know? It's a weird thing, right? Because I think one of the great things about how we've how we've come along as a society is that it's now way more people will chastise anyone who who even thinks to question the accused, right? Meaning, like you don't want to shame the accused. And, right. at all and that's that's i think that's like a that's changed in the last 10 years i mean i think yeah. 10 years ago there were plenty of people that no matter what someone accused of someone famous i'm like well so i was surprised with leaving neverland the jack you know the michael jackson thing i, I felt like a good like 50 percent of people even after the documentary were like i don't know like how do we know they don't just want the money it's a little sus that's how that's how good thriller is that, yeah. And that's what it comes down to. Yeah, it's the thriller is fucking it's Michael yeah. Jackson. Like you don't want it to be true. Like you, you, you just you don't want it to be true. And he's dead. Yeah. And so it I'm is. Michael Jackson. Working. Yeah. I'm looking for any, you know, I'm looking for any reason to acquit. You know, I'm just like any sort, any sort of argument you got for me, anything you can give me that'll just let me still have this music. If the sequin glove don't fit, you must acquit. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Well, I think we really solved it all, guys. I think we answered the world's problems. We are officially Absolutely. Clarissa. <laughs> we explained it all. We we, definitely we've explained it all. <laughs> I'm glad you got that one. We answered cancel culture, yeah. cult of personality. Nice. Yeah. Also ensuring it. that Tony's never going to share this on his feed. <laughs> hey, guys, I talked about <laughs> straight dogs. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I mean, if they yeah. make it to three hours in, then you know, I'm sure they'll have they they only the hardcores will be there. That's yeah. probably true. You yeah. deserve what you get if you make it this long. <laughs> it's 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 going to be the patrons and us, right? And you know, my mom will fall off as soon as we stop talking about stray dogs. Oh, <laughs> Mama Fleece. <laughs> Hi, mom. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for being here with us once again. We got to give it up for Tony for uh, sharing our time. If you want to have more of the 11 o'clock experience, go to Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, and Facebook. Lots of stuff going on there. And thank the patrons for making this possible because they are responsible. uh, Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. They're the guys that give you two extra episodes a month, probably more. You know, as as it grows, you're going to get more episodes a month. Um, bonus stuff, extra stuff, daily stuff, just check it out. Patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. In your travels, if – I mean, there's a lot of hubbub uh, on our Slack channel about how difficult it is – for a newbie to slide into the Warhammer 40K universe. It's extremely hard. There's a lot of books. There's a lot of mythology. Uh, that's not even counting the game itself, uh, where you have uh, lore in the codices that just stacks and stacks of books. Where do you go to get it on the ground floor? Uh, Marvel, of all places. It's the strangest thing ever. If If you are a neophyte, to the world of Warhammer 40K. Marvel's publishing, uh, well, it just finished yesterday, a five-issue miniseries called Marnaeus Calgar. Calgar, take me away. Uh, and it will answer everything, not everything, but a lot of the questions you may have. Who are these Space Marine guys? Why do they wear that armor? How do you get to be a space marine? What goes into it? Physically, what is different about a space marine? And this Marnaeus Calgar guy, uh, who is beholden, and he's been alive for a lot, a lot, a lot of years, right? The uh, the taint of chaos is everywhere, and Marnaeus is dealing with the dreaded uh, cultists of corn. Blood for the blood god. And it's just ground floor stuff. Like, the lore is all here. In exacting detail. By Kieran Gillen and Jason Burroughs and a whole bunch of other people. Uh, it's just an amazing series. I didn't think it was possible for Marvel to translate the, the property that I love this well. But, I mean, I'm giving it up to Kieran Gillen. Because it's all in the, in the writing, right? Uh, he knows what needs to be uh, delineated, and he's doing it. And sh- shit, if it's not one of the best Warhammer comics I've ever read, and that's including the Inferno stuff and the Warhammer Monthly stuff, and right from Games Workshop, like this is from a, a third-party Marvel, and they're getting it. So if you want to know about Warhammer, read Warhammer 40K, Marnaeus Calgar. It's five issues it's probably going to be collected soon and james stoko on the covers yes got that right nice uh in your travels i mean i I, there's something that arrived in the mail today that i absolutely fell in love with um 
but I know I can't do it justice. I do see it on Jason's list. It might be what he's going to be talking about, but I do want to at least give a shout out to Mr. Adam Flapp for this beautiful little thing known as Satan's Library. Um, but I think it deserves more than it in your travels for me. But uh, coinciding with the best thing I read this week was something that uh, I found at the comic shop yesterday. Um, Onyx and I were walking around the store and I saw a stack of manga on the uh, on the table. And I'm flipping through things. And at the top is the first volume of, from Viz Media, The Way of the House Husband. And I looked at the cover, and the cover made me smirk. And then I started flipping through it. And I was completely sucked in. Uh, Tatsu is a former member of the yakuza he uh he's known he was known as the immortal dragon he was ruthless he was fearless he was fierce um took no shit but gave it all up and now he stays home taking care of the house while his wife is out working um she she's a trip and and she has her her hobbies and 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 what she's what she's into but this this first volume uh and and i can't wait to get the uh the following volumes but the first volume basically every every chapter is just uh it, it's it's unlike a lot of pretty much any other manga i've read where um it's a collection of an ongoing story and it's just each chapter and one goes into the next these are more like uh, episodes where each chapter is just either a day in the life or whatever he was up to dealing with a knife salesman going door to door, dealing with, uh, people at a store and, um, or going to a cooking class. And then every once in a while he'll be hounded by either other members of rival gangs or people who were under him, uh, in the Yakuza. And, you know, he has to let them know that, this is his life now. A little D-Day action right now. I was just going to say, we... are you at LAX? Who, me? Yeah. We just heard oh, a plane fly is. over. Yeah, my, my, I got my noise canceling on. I didn't hear it at all. It must just be oh, there you go. Yeah, I'm on a flight F. <laughs> so... Um, but 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 the uh it it's by um I'm butchering this uh Kosuke Ono and I I it, it looks like it's going to be uh adapted for for Netflix it, it it's it's I am absolutely um enamored with this I I I just I I had a lot of fun reading it and and it's it is like I said it's not like it's not like Kamikaze. It's not like Death Note. It's not like Monster. It's not like anything else I've read, um, and I appreciate that because I, I haven't read a ton of manga. I've read you know things here and there, but nothing, everything is pretty much a continuation of the previous chapter. And 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 this isn't. You can read any of the short chapters, and and they're they're fine as as standalones. But uh, my man's sitting here. In his apron, where is apron? He wears his apron out and about. He and his wife are at the mall, and and um, 
that she's trying to convince him that he's intimidating. Maybe if he changes his look, he won't, uh, he won't appear so threatening. Uh, it's like when we're with Vincent Khan, it's just the, the, uh, and I really like the art too, but it's, you know, and it's, it's, it's pretty much aside from a couple of flashbacks where, you know, there might be some post damage and some blood. It's, it's not a, uh, it's not a violent, it's not, uh, it's I, I I don't know if it's I don't know if it's all ages. It says teen on the back, but it's not it's it's not dark or um or scary. It's it's just it is. It's 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 got a humorous bent to it, and I really really enjoy it. So in your travels, uh, the way of the house husband. I believe they're up to volume four or five in the U.S. But I will. Be getting the rest as soon as I'm able to. Knock me over no. with a feather. Sounds okay. good. So, so you can read any any part of it. Is it just one volume? The first volume, yeah. There, I think there's, uh, I think there's four or five. No, actually, no. The fifth, the fifth is in this month's previews. Right, Look at cool. that. I'm gonna check that out. It sounds good. It's fine. I think you'll like. Um, it. Uh, in your travels, I've been. No, bro. Uh, in your travels, cut oh. off Jason. Bro. Is it your turn? You go last, bro. You let the guests <laughs> go last. I think you would do a better job. All right, go ahead. Hi, nah, bro. Uh, in your travels, um, well, I guess Dap didn't want to talk about it in his travels, but I'm going to talk about it on mine because the Good. best thing that I read this week was uh, Satan's Library. Good. Which we have to thank Mr. Tony Esmond for sending along to us. He's way too kind to us, as always. Uh, this is the latest mini comic by Adam Falp, his partner in crime. Um, I don't think Tony was involved in this one. I think this is just Adam's stuff. But uh, but either way, it's um, it's basically uh, a, it's 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 a brilliant little mini comic, and it's meta because it's a it's, a, it's about a kid trying to find this LCS because he's looking for a specific. Uh, comic, old comic that he can't find anywhere, and it's Satan's library, and he finds it. And he goes in there and he finds it, and so this is a, a you know paper stapled mini comic, and inside of that are two smaller paper stapled mini comics that are the two pertinent comics that this kid reads while he's in the store. And uh, I won't talk about what they are because a I'm sure Vince is dying to read this and hasn't done so yet. And B, I'm sure many of you will order it and read it, so I don't want to spoil the the contents of those things. But just from a design perspective, I don't think I'm I'm probably I'm hopefully hopefully I'm selling you by telling you about the design perspective more than than, than spoiling you. But it's just a brilliant little package. Uh, it's absolutely it's it's so neat to see this kid dive into a, a long box and pull out a comic, and then suddenly there's a little mini 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 indie paper comic of that comic. In, in in there for you to read. It's just so well done. Um, it's forty four pages. It's hand bound and it's freaking awesome. It's 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 super super entertaining. Like like everything these two have their hands in, frankly. So check it out. You can you can buy it on Adam Falp A D A M F A L P dot com his uh, his site directly. And I think a bunch of LCSs will carry this, but he 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 and Tony are, are in the UK, so I don't I don't offhand know how many u.s stores even have supply of this so your best bet's more than likely to go to his website and support him there and the 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 
the ads inside the mini comics, inside uh, the, the wraparound cover, inside the back. I just I saw the ads and I was just like I, I saw this the refitted old timey ad from from the old Marvel and DC books used as the cover, and and I just I fell in love with it. it it's fantastic the way the way he's got it set up so that when you get to the mini comic, it's just it's it's fabulous. It's it, it's a fantastic package. And it was a neat note on the envelope that said, thanks for the 11 o'clock. Right on. Oh, that's nice. Like an acceptance speech. Yes. Uh, it sounds good. Like it sounds like a, like something I would enjoy. You would. Oh, dude, it's a blast. I, I have to say, I've always dreamed about having acceptance speeches on the O'Claskers, but the Herculean task that in the <laughs> I never actually think it's worth trying to do. I feel like when you have Sophie on, you should present her with hers uh, on the show, and then she can give an acceptance speech. She would, she could be the first. All right, right on. Um, in your travels, I've been busy. I have not read a whole lot of stuff, but I did read uh, Batman Black and White number four, uh, which is a real good one, like a very good entry in the Batman Black and White uh, series. It's got it starts out crazy strong uh, with Oliver Coipel. Uh, who I kind of never want to see in color again after this. Like, <laughs> it's just so good. Like, his inks are so crazy, and he's doing like he's doing some grays, but it's like his hatching is bonkers. Like, super good. Um, and then it's got Bilquis Evely, uh, and she's oh. become like this this super great illustrator now. Yes. You know, like, not become like she has been for years now, but I always think back to Shaft and how I'm like, oh, this person's pretty good. And then like, exactly. Yeah. A couple issues Felix. after Shaft. Yeah. She was just like insane. Just like two issues after that. So she's great. That's incredible. Um, and then Bengal, who I've loved, you know, for, uh, since the internet days. And he does like a super great, uh, like you're, I mean, European feeling, obviously, uh, European feeling tale uh, with like a cool car chase and it's real stark black and whites which I like to see because I feel like that's like what the initial that's what the initial uh, premise of the of the thing was um, and then Kelly Jones is in it with Tim Seeley a real Kelly Jonesy I mean I feel like Kelly Jones is in every issue of Batman Black and White at least like when I think about them I think about Kelly Jones um, but the star of the show, to me, uh, Nick Dragata writes and draws the the finale, and it's fucking cool. Like it's this, he builds this whole new world, like this whole new concept of Batman. Um, and that's my my heater is going off, so I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, the, wait, you're in fucking California. The, the heater. Well, we get we get chilly. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Is it uh, is it 68? Yeah, it's. I'm starting to get a, a shiver. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, Dragata just kills it on this. He writes it himself. Uh, it's black, uh, black and white, and he does his grays. You know, he likes to get in with those zipatones. Um, oh hell yeah, he does. It's just masterful. Like it's super great. Like he he pulls he, all the. Pa- I mean, he's a huge manga guy, and all the pages have just like a ton of panels. Because uh, like the action comes in fast and, and crazy, uh, but then he just manages to get 
almost like a splash page within a panel. Like he'll just do a panel on a page that has a bunch of other panels, and it just looks like a you know like a two page spread. Some real like all timer shit in this one. Uh, I'm glad you called my attention to this because I don't I don't read Batman Black and White as a like every issue. So, but yeah. I'll check this one out. Yeah, me too. I'll dip in if it looks like one of the ones I'm in on. Like you know. Yeah, good like, looking out. Next one, next one's got uh, Nick Bradshaw and Riley Rossmo, so I might. And Dan oh Lee. shit, you probably want that one too. Yeah, and, De- and Becky Cloonan. Like, that's a fucking good line. Respect. Uh, and mm. also shout out uh, letters on the Bengal story are by Gabriella Downey, who did pre-press on Stray Dogs from Image Comics, which you guys should order right now. It's like <laughs> printing. <laughs> All this comes back to Stray Dogs. Available now. Yeah. So yeah, that's what that's my inner troubles. Nice, nice. Black and white number four. Sorry about my heater. Seriously, I thought you were wrong. I thought you were driving in and out. <laughs> Just to switch you guys over to my phone and go on. Yeah, roll, roll it in your sixth file with the windows down. We'll, we'll we'll have you on in the summer next time. <laughs> then the air conditioner will go off. Jesus, it's always noisy in here. I'm sorry. This maybe this is this new mic because my heater would always go off when I would. Hmm. Well, it is a blue, so there you go. You're they dealing with the good stuff now. Yeah. 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 Hi, everybody. Thank you for being here. We got to give it up for Tony. Thank you guys for having me. Killing it. I love this. I love coming on here. So uh, I hope it's not too long before I come back. Love it when you're here. Depends how many other love shows it. you do. <laughs> I've got right. One if you st- one day and then. I have nothing else planned. Okay. All right. If you start spreading well, around, we don't like, we don't like we're done. People sloppy seconds. You know? Yeah, ain't uh-huh. happening. Yeah, I was doing the thing. Like I have the thing going. No, I'm teasing. Right? Like <laughs> I will tell you like though that there, my... there, have, there, there have been other times where we, we, you know, like someone will be like, "Oh, yo, you know, does that offer to come on the show still good?" And we're like, "Oh, absolutely! Like that's fantastic! Like let's do it." And then it, we're getting ready to happen, and all of a sudden, I'm like. Oh my god, they've done like four of the shows this week already. Like oh like now, this one is definitely home based, like this is feels good being home type show. Oh for sure. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, like I gotta sell a book. I gotta go everywhere. Oh no, it's all good. It's true. It's I appreciate it. So you know the drill. Come back next time. We'll be here waiting for you with uh maybe a beverage and or a sandwich. We'll see. Sandwich. Well, what hey, wants to eat doing the show? If it's a sandwiches. Who doesn't want a sandwich ever? Come on, sandwiches I are good. No, we were allowed to have sandwiches. Don't you, you could yeah, bring like sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. Would would you can put your your potato chips in it? Make it all crispy and crunchy <laughs> while you're while you're doing the show. No, I see. That's when my so. mute button comes in very handy. Did you eat a sandwich this time? Is that what you're trying to tell us? No. But when <laughs> I do you shit. Were quiet. You were quiet an awful lot tonight, dude. Yeah, this was like, this was the mo- Yeah. Are we, we going to end the show? And then we can. Loved. We no, can... we're talking about you now. This is this is an intervention. We're, we're putting you on blast. <laughs> oh, okay. I think you got real mad at me about that Valiant shit. And then and I think. <laughs> oh, we talked about everything he dislikes. No, I didn't get mad at anyone, number one. it That's your opinion. You can have it. It's fine. Now I think you're mad that I'm calling you off. No, 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 no. It's just, we just, I did. I thought that it was. Much ado about nothing. I th- I think that that series is negligible <laughs> in every sense of the word. 
but whatever. Like I, it was all that. It was all that inking talk, which you know he doesn't. Want no, to I don't about. mind. Whatever. And then, don't, and then I got to talk about I did work digitally, which he doesn't want to hear about. So, well, but, you actually were you you benefited by doing it digitally because it's almost a fixed width line. So that doing that in the real world is very hard. Doing a fix with digitally is is hard, but not as hard, right? You know what I mean. So yes. no, you're good. Right, you're good. Don't be calling me out. We didn't even do the say goodnight, David, and you're you're freaking jumping on me. Could we say goodnight, professional inker, David, tonight? Just sure. As a, yeah. Just just for this night. As, sure. As a celebration. All right. Say goodnight, professional. Now here's the part where I let him stew. Right, <laughs> and he's programming the TARDIS. <laughs> David. Oh, right. Didn't see it coming. Good night. Fucking well, Agatha Harkness. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So stupid. That's the night. Yeah, it's it's yep. It is neat. happened in like two hours. Yep. Ah, good lord, David. Yeah, I think we'll, yeah we'll watch it tomorrow when uh, after we get dinner. That's it for that one. <laughs>